This is Cowboy Shit with Ted Stoven and Wacey Anderson, brought to you by Everything Cowboy. All right, welcome <laughs> back. It's Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wacey. I'm Ted. He is Wacey. You it doesn't feel like real life right now. Like legit, I feel like not any part of this feels real to me. Um, I feel like I'm fucked up. Is it the lighting? I don't know. Is it the lighting in I'm my... I'm just like, I don't know, man. It was a long weekend. It's been a long couple weeks mm-hmm. for everybody. Been busy. And I got back in the office full time. Not so I can't, I can't do the, the morning bed office for the first <laughs> few minutes of the day. So that definitely makes, makes it a bit harder. I also didn't have a very good sleep last night. I fell it into... It took, took I, you a while to get to sleep, you said. I always... Ever, after a big weekend of being out late and sleeping, being up late, I it usually t- throws off my sleep schedule. And I can't don't really get tired. Mm-hmm. Then I fell into a black hole of This Is Us, the new seasons on Netflix. So I watched a bunch of the episodes of that. I cried a couple of times. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> had the had the Sunday sads. Oh man, it was case of the bad case of the sads. Straight booze blues yesterday, man. Oh straight man. booze blues. But hey, that's a typical Sunday in the life of Oasis, so that's fine. I felt better yesterday when I got home, like because we didn't really stay out too late Saturday. Yeah. yeah. But then today it hit me like it was like a day a day delayed because I, I took Prince in the airport after his <laughs> nice stay at forty six twenty for five straight weeks. Yeah, and so I took him to the airport, caught him out the door at like I don't know, I think we left here at four thirty or something. Oh God. Yeah, and then I came back, went to sleep for a while. Um, but then yeah, just didn't get much accomplished today. I was pretty domestic, like I was doing laundry and did the dishes. House, you had a house cat day. I was listening to I the uh, napping around. I don't think everyone went outside. <laughs> It was weird. Those days, are always, to, those days are always weird. I listened to AM radio on, on a press conference with <sighs> 630 Chad listening to like Oilers Now and listening to like the, this press conference about $10 a day childcare and, and did the dishes because the dishes were the... That's a hell of a Monday, man. The old roommates left the dishes uh, in the sink. So I was like, yeah, you know, I'm just going just gonna to do, some, had a, do had some house shit today. Little house cat day. Yeah, I saw you sleeping. I, had a nap. I saw you napping in a house cat position. Actually, I had a nap today. with with uh, Pippa. We had a good nap. The for house. A while. I feel to have the dogs back in the house. It's very nice. There's Miss those uh, little bastards. So for those who don't know, uh, Ted Storm have two little wiener dogs in the house here. Mm-hmm. And for the past two weeks, two weeks. Well, since Saskatoon, man. So two weeks, yeah. Yeah, almost more. Well, more than two so weeks. More than two I weeks. left. The, I left on Thursday for oh, Saskatoon, shit. and then so I like, didn't see until the next Sunday. Two like, and a bit weeks. The dogs twenty eight. Yeah. So. Storm's mom does this thing where every morning <laughs> she te- sends a text from the dog's POV of what's <laughs> happening in their day. And like I don't know, like that's it's not only my, a little weird, right? That's, it's not my jam, but apparently, <laughs> apparently Teddy gets like emotional reading these messages, which is cool, man. Those oh, are your I dogs. It's cute. It's cute. Hey, uh, man. That that part might be made up. It's not made. Up. It's not. Storm made just up. confirmed that it's not <laughs> made up, <laughs> <laughs> which is cool, man. But it's just like, yeah. So, that, so if you want to, okay. yeah. Hey, Ted missed his wieners. He's got his wieners. It's a back. Tough couple weeks. It's good. So we're all good. But then we gotta fucking go again here now. <laughs> but we. It's good though. I it's like good. it. It's good. As just, much as I'm we complain, that, we're thankful. I'm it's, having that day today where I'm like, I just want to. St- today I just like I haven't been home in a while. I just wanted to stay. It's home. like it's like when you're rodeoing, you know. Like when you're like when the weekend starts, you hit the road. It's awesome. You go the first few mm-hmm. Sunday night. You're driving home. You start dropping off your traveling partners. You get really sad. Mm-hmm. Then you get home and you're like, and then you ha- then you actually get that point where you're happy to be home. And then Monday you're like, oh fuck, like I'm bad. I'm tired. Tuesday comes around, you kind of feel a bit better. Wednesday, That's true. Wednesday's true. gonna get here. I'm like, hey, let's. let's yeah, and then up, I'm gonna have a weekend up. at home and not know what to do with myself. 
for Wait, the first time. We got hockey on Saturday night, so that's quite good. a while. 10 p.m. puck drop. Got to like that. 10 p.m. Saturday, so that's lovely. But yeah, no, it's good. I I wanted to ask a question about Brinson. So he was here for five weeks. Mm-hmm. Where does he rank in your house guests? <laughs> number one, like from in like the well, top. Say your top five or t- top ten house guests. Where does he rank? He uh, in the top ten, eh? So who'd be? Maybe if he's not even in the top ten, that's cool too. Actually, like whatever. No, I gotta think about it. Um, well, the other day Tanner Burn, he and Tanner Burn, like Tanner stayed over too yeah. uh, for the CFR, and they took our jeep. I was like, yeah, you guys just fly in, like take the jeep up to Red Deer, and then we get back in the jeep when we get home, and there's no gas, just empty. Nice. Just brought it back and just yeah. So that's a that's a knock on the that's bad a knock. That side. Tanner Tanner Burn not minus <laughs> one. So so Brinson, he's definitely uh, ahead of that because he also left us a. Bu- Left Storm a nice bottle of gin there. And he and left you some, some scotch too, didn't he? Yeah, I don't it says it's like intermediate cherry. I have to look at exactly what it is. It's like Is Brinson well versed in the scotch game? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you might have got this bottle on sale. But I appreciate the gesture. So I mean the people that have stayed here, uh, I think Gator probably is number one because he's just very elusive and you never see him. And he left a huge <laughs> he, he So you'd say so Gator's probably the le- number one. Yeah, he and he left a huge gift basket at the end. Like he left this this summer. Like it was an like edible a, arrangement. It wasn't an edible <laughs> arrangement, but it was like it was this whole thing from uh, like I don't know, must been Safeway or something because it had like a compl- it, had, it was all the compliment yeah. stuff, and it was all the same branded packaging, <laughs> and it was like a burger, it was like a burger machine, like a burger making thing, and like a wow. whole barbecue package. It was very Gator's nice. A, Gator's a hell of a guy. And he brought me a nice bottle of scotch that was actually very nice. <laughs> Gator, Gator's well nothing against scotch. Gator. Yeah, Gator knows the scotch. So nothing against Brinson's scotch, uh, but it was still. A Still nice very nice. The gin looks very delicious. Is that a good bottle of gin, Storm? I think so. Do you think so? <laughs> oh yeah, and then we had Manu. Remember Manu Latas? Yeah. Uh, bull the bull jumper. Yeah. He he stayed at the Stampede like for like a weekend, like a week or something, and then he and he left us a signed picture of himself. Uh, that was his thank you when he left. Nice. I'm gonna have to get you guys a signed picture of me. <laughs> 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 so that was a that was a good one, but. I would say Brinson uh, is very high up there. He'd probably be top. So uh, you, so you top said, three so or four. Said your yeah, he w- he went to work for us. He tagged a bunch of cowboy shit stuff. He counted like, he counted inventory for he us. Counted inventory for yeah. like he did some serious work. So yeah. I, like he's very very high up there. I I like I, uh, uh, hanging around Brinson. He's good I like shit. having Brinson around. The he only was, the only doc on him was that he uh, he also trained our dogs a little bit. Helped uh, help do some dog training. <laughs> he taught me some rope tricks. And he also the only the only knock on Brinson was leaving his shoes on the table. He left his like sl- his shoes on the di- kitchen table one it's day. It's different in the world. It was the weird. States, though. They yeah, it was weird. Shoes in the house, man. Yeah, it's messed up. So that was the only knock. Otherwise, he was fucking awesome. I'd have to say the amount of work that he put in here to ranks him above Gator because oh, Gator didn't. Damn. Gator only did his his own work, and he, and he never really saw him. He was very <laughs> elusive. He was kind um, of a shadow in the night. You know. So who is who's been your worst house guest ever? Oh, worst. Yeah. I don't know. How would I even rank that? I don't know. Just someone that just... It's probably Lonnie West and he was screaming in the middle of the night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> During Stampede. <laughs> oh, man. That was... That was... That's a funny... In the that's driveway, a, too. That's a funny... Well, it's a funny out. story because I was like... I was coming... That's when I was still living at the house. So I'm coming back from a night of wild party at Stampede. Oh, yeah. And then those and guys... a few years ago. So it was yeah. extra turned up. So then like like Lonnie and, and those Todd guys were... Here yeah, too, Lonnie and Todd and that crew were there. It was like an alpha bull party, I think, or something. And... uh we're leaving and they're like, oh, we don't have anywhere to stay. I was like, okay, well, like, come stay at the house. Like, there's a futon downstairs. Yeah. Like, whatever. So we get back and it's like three in the morning. Like, it's not. not and I'm working day, yeah, like, day and night. You're stampede. working. I'm yeah, tired. that was a big stampede. Mm-hmm. And um, so we get back. I'm like, yeah, just be quiet. Like, we're always sleeping. Like, <laughs> yeah, you guys can sleep here. It's fine. Well, fucking, these guys are the loudest people 
in Calgary. <laughs> in the whole neighborhood. Hooting and hollering. I'm like, I'm like, I had to like look at Lonnie. I'm like, you motherfucker. Like, if you don't shut up, like, I'm going to kick you out <laughs> onto the street. So eventually. You go, we got go outside in the hammock. We got him. We got him tamed down eventually. But that's, yeah, I forgot about that. That was funny. There was also one time that was probably like up there for worst, worst house guests. I mean, Todd, I think Todd was fine. It was Lonnie that was really Lonnie was revved up. Lonnie was forever. He, he was going. He was giving her, man. Fire's wild. Yeah. That was funny. Uh, and then I think somebody sat on the ping pong table and bust a leg off the ping pong table. It's still injured. It's still on the IR. Never really got healed up. Yeah, I couldn't say who that would be. But anyways, that was a that was an all time. That was a that was memorable. Uh, then another one was, uh, well, I, I guess they weren't bad, but it was funny because uh, I think like Brady Sims and somebody slept in the hammocks outside one time. <laughs> The whole house was full, and they just slept in the hammocks. There used to be a lot of riffraff staying around old forty six twenty back in the day. I don't know. I don't know who else would be bad. No. Remember one time Ty Posbon was here with Jade, and Jade was doing her hair in the bathroom and just left hair everywhere. It was just like a, like a <laughs> it was just a full hairball in the bathroom when she left. It was kind of funny. <laughs> oh yeah, it's good stuff. I don't know what else. I can't think of any other stories right now. You put me on the spot. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's good. I like the gator. The gator and Brinson stuff's good. The uh, I guess, I guess, uh, yeah. That's yeah. That's cool. that's that's what we got. Well, we also just wrapped up our first editions of Cowboy Shit Live, or like with Ten Wasey at the CFR, which yeah, was cool. That was, was our fun. first time working live together. Before that, we should get to some sponsors. We're already halfway through this first. Segment. Oh yeah, we got some sponsors. So first off, we want to thank our friends at Manscaped. So guess what, fellas? The boys are buzzing because hockey is back, and everybody knows that we're big hockey guys on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Want to know what else is buzzing? The Lawnmower 4.0, and we can confirm that is buzzing all the time. From our friends at Manscaped, they are the global leaders in male grooming, trusted by over 2 million men, plus Ted and I, worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> so don't get chirped this year for having a Jumbo Joe Bush below the waist. <laughs> Join Did the Manscaped movement Joe? for all your hairiest Jumbo grooming Joe needs. Bush. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HUGEBUSH at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with code HUGEBUSH. Free shipping, manscaped.com. Get it. You don't want to miss out. This stuff's awesome. We've been using it for a few months now. and I actually tell you, haven't used mine in about a month. It's time. I got to get the lawnmower not out. Gonna lie, gonna Storm's over there to, nodding her I'm head in the background. I'm going to do some manscaping this week as well. Yeah, yeah, I've been s- neglecting myself. I need to s- do some manscaping. Yeah, yeah. So... Anyways, we do use them quite often, mm-hmm. and they're great. I, don't need, I really need to use the uh, the, the weed whacker. Weed whacker. Man, Man, that's a, that's an underrated item from Manscaped. Yeah. Big fan. We also I need to thank that part. our friends from the Circle Four Beverage Company, Ranch Water, Sweet Water. Get it at get it at your liquor store. If it's not at your liquor store, you can request it by asking for the certain SKU numbers for each product. Check mm-hmm. them out at Circle Four Ranchwater CA for their locations. Check them out on social media, Circle Four Ranchwater. And yeah, they're awesome. We love them. And we got to say one more thank you to the Agribition, Canadian Western Agribition, the 50th edition coming oh, up. Oh, we're coming back, baby. Yeah, November 20, was it November 22nd to 27th, Regina, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Be there or be square. Come check us out. We got Agribition live at noon daily from Wednesday to Saturday mm-hmm. and Cowboy Shit live 9 p.m. directly following the rodeo, both in the Bud Light loading chute. And we're fixing to get rowdy in the loading chute at 9 p.m. Paralyzers. So. Paralyzer for the whole Bud week. Light, Budweiser, you name it, we're drinking. Drinking. I'm pumped to have party. Ambition. Gonna have a great lineup of guests. Gonna be a fun week, so we're gonna do that. Um, I guess, uh, yeah. Like this show comes out on Wednesday, so a week from the release of this show, catch us in the Bud Light loading shoot. Uh, our goal, we made a bet with Quick Dick McDick for whoever can sign a boob first. We did. Yeah. Nice. We okay. Did. In. Yeah. 
I'm thinking, money's packing, on quick dick. I'm packing a sharpie with me everywhere we go. <laughs> I hey, quick dick may be the biggest thing in like agriculture and all that yeah. kind of stuff right now. He's gonna definitely sign but, up first. But don't forget, <laughs> don't forget. I'm the 2014 CCA champ. I want. I, I went four for five in that building. Did you ever sign any boobies then? I'm a folklore. I'm folklore on Saskatchewan. People know me. <laughs> people know who I am. I think more people know you from this than that. Maybe not in Saskatchewan. Mm. Maybe in Alberta. Mm. You said you had a bunch of people come up to you at the I know. football Maybe game. you're right, but... They know, Maybe you're how many people came up to you and said, "Are you the uh, Wacy Anderson, the 2014 CC?" It happened a couple of times. It happened in like <laughs> it happened in like 2014 and 2015. A couple times. Really? Serious? Was it only in rodeo cabarets and the girls were all between the ages of 18 and uh, 21? Not gonna. No comment. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. But anyways, anyways, I, I anyways would, my money's on quick dick. Honestly, though, yeah. One. But don't don't ever. I'm doubt, not doubting you. Don't ever. You are doubting me. No, I'm just. I'm don't just ever doubt me, man. I'm just man. Making, making a bet. It's probably gonna be him. <laughs> don't between, ever doubt me. Between you and Wacy, because I'm out. Between or sorry, between you and and uh, and Dixon, it's probably. Oh, so, oh. you got the green light. <laughs> <laughs> Ted's in. Oh dear. So okay, so <laughs> it's not. It's definitely not gonna be me. Yeah. Well, you know how you pack a pen around your shirt everywhere. I'm packing a sharpie around. <laughs> so if you want your titty signed, come find me. <laughs> I'll Wouldn't be. that be the most ridiculous thing? I bet there, I bet somebody comes up and does it as a joke now. Just if somebody hears this, it, it comes around. It'd be the best day like, of my life, man. They'd be like, I just signed some titties. Send my boobies. I'm almost gonna hire Kobe just to come out, just to take a, just to be hanging around, <laughs> just to capture the moment. <laughs> <laughs> he oh, may not man. get to take the picture, but he, I just want him to be ready if I sign some titties. Oh dear, that's gonna be. Is that like a lifetime goal of yours, or not really? It'd be pretty cool. Honestly, like Jeez. I've signed a few autographs in my life and signing titties would be number one for <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh fuck. So I love titties, man. They really awesome. got off the rails. <laughs> well, anyways, come see us today, Agribition. We'll uh <laughs> we'll uh sorry, Chris. <laughs> yeah. We'll wrap this up and uh that's in, that's only on the nighttime show. Okay, that's nine PM. No titties not during the, new the day. No daytime titties. <laughs> not, not during the day. <laughs> only <Okay>. nighttime titties. <laughs> we better wrap this up. Uh, okay, so our interview this week was done at the long, at the short twig, the, the uh, what do you call it? The, the downstairs bar at the Ramada. Yeah, in Saskatoon, in Saskatoon during the Saskatoon. PBR Canada Finals. That was before. Some of our best interviews have been done in that lounge. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. So we, our show cut up here is with Brett Manya. Uh, we'll be figure out 10-time PBR Canada Finals. 11. 11 times. He's got the record now. He's got the record now. So that's going to be coming up after this. We're, uh, this is Monday Hangover Edition of Cowboy Shit, episode 104. Thanks for listening. The interview with Mr. Mania is coming up after this. Alt-Right, our next guest is one of the greatest Canadian bullfighters of all time, in my opinion. He's been selected to the Canadian... <laughs> in multiple <laughs> opinions. <laughs> <laughs> He's been selected to work the Canadian Finals Rodeo 10 times, the PBR Canada Finals 10 times, and 11 the Calgary Stand 11 times now. We just, Rec- new we just record. verified this. I asked yeah. him this question before I was ri- writing it. <laughs> um, anyways, okay, PBR Always. Canada Finals 11 times, Calgary Stampede 6 times. The most of anyone most ever. Most of anyone. Man, you want to take it? Canada. You want to take it? I'm just saying. I'll pass the ball to you, man. Go ahead.
<laughs> He's also one of the founders of the Rafter U7 Ranch. Welcome to the Cowboy Ship Podcast, our friend, Brett Manya. What's going on, dude? I'm just enjoying a nice black coffee with nice. some good company. Cowboy and, style. Uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. He's also the founder of the Ultimate Bullfighting Experience, right? Right. Ooh, yeah. Which is part yeah. of the Rafter U7 Ranch umbrella. Okay, yes. yes. I like that. But As Wacy's part of our uh, marketing team, so he knows what... I know a bit about yeah. stuff. It's, man... Yeah, that's it's cool what they got going on there, but we'll get into that a little bit later in the show, I'm sure. But we're here in Saskatoon, back. It's really cool. This is like we, we last time we were in town. Ted and I recorded two episodes with one with Jeff Lockwood, and then we had um, Bear Light Brown, <laughs> Whitebound, and Justin Keeley. One of our on, studio was, like, guests some of the just, funnest. Tried, just tried beer and Clamato for the first time. Didn't <laughs> Ted's not, like not dialed into this. Right? Not a fan. But <laughs> 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 oh, no, it's good to be back dude, in, in a. In a familiar place. We had a really good time last time. Yeah. So Bit of a studio fun audience. To, fun to get together and visit. We randomly had a two-time world champion come down for a show. Yeah. So I don't know he's being recorded, but it was fun. <laughs> As we were talking before we started recording, you've broken Scott Burns' record for most PBR Canada finals worth. Allegedly, Allegedly. is. Yeah. <laughs> my <need> verify. <laughs> I got to verify by finding my belt buckle of 2014. But uh, my friend, of course, Ty Prescott, told me, he's like, Brett, I think you got the most PBR Canada finals. Yeah. And I don't really take what, you know, Ty knows his stats <laughs> on stuff. So <laughs> He is. He does. He does. Yeah, he does know. And, and if it's anything, anything about Bulls, Prescott knows, knows it, too. He's yeah. got her figured out. So, like I say, it was nice you guys to check that out for me. It's uh, Do you need to take that? No. It's just my wife. She'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Amy. We'll, we'll get back to you in, uh, within the hour. But, uh, man, I would have never thought when I started this I'd ever, like, Scott Burns, a mentor of mine, and I never would have thought. <laughs> that you would break a record of his. No. That's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool thing, hey? I mean, but if you talk to Scott Burns, he'll probably say, well, but there was the PCB <laughs> before the PBR, so if the PCB was the PBR before, Should we call him and get him down here? <laughs> you should, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he like, something well, blow my long nose well, or something. <laughs> but the, it was the PBR is the PCB before, and like it just like if you count before, then uh, really it's not. So it doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah. I don't no, know. I'll hold that over him though. Yeah, I we might have, to ver- might have to verify that one. Because you were probably at the PCB final. Well, no, I never went to PCB finals. Eh? No. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a, 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 an, outstanding, an outstanding accomplishment, nonetheless, which is really cool. Was that was that like one of the goals when you set out to do this? Like, I'm gonna smash all these records and work. I want to beat Scott Byrne. I want to beat Scott Byrne. <laughs> no, no <laughs> it, was, it was never a goal of mine, to be honest. I just always wanted to just do a good job. And uh, 20 years later, here we go, um, making some records and leaving my my imprint in the the record books is uh, pretty amazing to me. Quite a feat. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. From a, a small town kid that knew nothing about rodeo out of Wetaskiwin that liked showing cattle and that kind of stuff. The uh, one half of the TNT bullfighters. It's funny, we have uh, Tyler Thompson on episode 103. And then now we've got Brett Manya, one of the one of the TNT bullfighters. And I used to have a sticker on my vest, I think you gave me. Like <laughs> yeah. We were talking about this a while ago. Was, that yeah. This was your deal with uh, uh, Randy Thompson. It was TNT, which I don't like... He has a T in his name, but you don't have a T in your name. Like, I don't know where you guys made this shit up. No, I don't know. We were young. We are like, let's just call ourselves TNT TNT Bullfighters Dynamite kind of thing, right? And it was um, a lot of, I say, a lot of my success would be because of Randy. Um, Back in the day, 2001, I went to a TJ Bear, Jason Davidson bullfighting school. And, of course, after that, it's on your own. you got to figure your way out. And uh, we go to practice pen, practice pen. And all of a sudden, Randy gets hired by, it would have been Tim Wilson at the time. So Wait, and so was Tim, is Tim uh, like Slim's cousin or brother or something? I think or uncle. 
Uncle? Okay. Sh- I think. Like probably was it a, the Wilson Rodeo before yes. t- yep. Slim took it over? Yeah. Yeah. So Our Wilson Rodeo, pitches. Randy gets hired because of actually Ace Northcott would have seen Randy in the practice pen. Mm-hmm. He brings him to. In Olds or where? Yep. Would have had to be Olds, right? Had to have been college. Olds. We went to Olds College for two years. So uh, Randy gets hired on. And then at that time, you only needed one bullfighter, right? Yeah, yes, yeah. And uh, Randy's like such a good friend. He's like, just Brett, you just come with me. So, you know, bullfighters. you, bull you guys the money? Yeah, 150 bucks were getting paid, and Randy would split each. it with me. Wow. Not even no. each, man. 75 bucks. <laughs> 75 <laughs> bucks a person. When was this? What? 1953. 2001. <laughs> 2001. Back, back in the, the <laughs> Great Depression, getting paid to fight bulls, dirty 30s. Worst part is it hasn't really changed much. No, I'm just kidding. It's been better. You get 100 100 bucks perf now. (laughs) (laughs) Slowly going up. Cover your cost of beers in the (laughs) beer gardens after the perf. That's awesome. Well, yeah, if it wasn't for him taking me, I don't know where I'd honestly be. So why did he bring you along then? Like, because we're like... You were, you were showing cattle. You weren't dodging them. Like, you weren't fighting them. <laughs> you were showing the cattle. You weren't dodging them. <laughs> Why did Randy bring me along? Yeah, how'd you, like, how'd you? You went, to the, school? You, you went to the same school as I did. Okay. Then, uh, like I say, then we just wanted to become bullfighters, TNT. And, um, yeah, he got hired on. And Randy, salt of the earth guy. I don't think you get any better yeah. of a, a human being on this planet, actually. Uh-huh. So, you know, he brought me and uh, the rest is kind of history now. Well, but not really, because now we got to talk about this. Okay. Like yeah. you can't just say that. Fill us some podcast over. Well, like, like, how, we like, some more stuff. Th- that's about the, what that's the, that's kind of where what I want to jump next? into. Was like, yeah, yeah you cut. You come from a non rodeo background. You're showing cattle. Like, did you go to this bullfighting school and be like, fuck yeah, this is what I want to do, or were you kind of like, little like kind of ease your way into it? So, and how'd yeah. you get? How'd you get to the school? Because like, oh one was the same year I technically started because yeah. I got my first year in oh one okay. just down the highway thirteen in Winfield from Old Wetaskiwin, about forty half an hour to forty five minutes away. So, so, like, the intersections, we didn't really cross till a little bit later best on. Yeah, best right. friends, and you didn't, didn't, didn't even know, even know it. it. So we reversed it a bit, okay? I'm <laughs> um, going back, you know, growing up on a, a livestock, seed stock farm, Red Angus cattle. My parents raised, still raised cattle, seed stock cattle. And, um, you know, I remember going to, of course, farm fair, showing the cows. In, in Edmonton. Like, with in Edmonton, CFR. The CFR. Right? CFR, Canadian Finals Rodeo, and Farm Fair International at the same time for... I want to say time. like 40, yeah, 44 years. Like yeah. that was the deal in Edmonton for a long time. I don't know which, I would imagine that Farm Fair was probably first and I'd the CFR joined in and it made it yeah. work great for yeah. 40 years. Uh, awesome. Right. It's, it's kind of the same deal as with aggravation, right? And like now the, our PBR like, finals yeah. is the same time. Yeah, it's great. Which right? I'm so excited to go back Heck to Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. But, anyways, you go to Farm Fair, showing cattle. And, uh, you know, I always wanted to be part of the rough stock side of rodeo. I, you know, my uh, team roping, grew up team roping as well. And, uh, on purpose? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> I enjoy like team rope and calf rope. Yeah, I went it's to Dean fun, Edge's man. calf rope in school back in the day. And you guys had a little roping arena at your house. Yep. And yep. it was kind of like, it was an indoor arena, but it was kind of like, uh, like a, what do you call it? Like a tarp kind of thing. One of those canvas thing. buildings, yeah. Canvas building, Coverall yeah. buildings. Coverall, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like a, it was permanent structure, but not a total. That's right. Totally. It wouldn't have been heated, I wouldn't imagine. No, not heated. Yeah. That's a good idea for Alberta in wintertime. Yeah. You guys so had some shenanigans around that place, though. <laughs> yeah, we used to do, like, you know, it's this time of year, we do a cow bucking or whatever. Oh, so yeah, so yeah Halloween cow yeah. bucking at our place, and we had lots of fun with That's that. That's awesome. Kind of met my wife through that. Long Another story. But oh, so really? going to Farm Fair, I remember showing cattle. I'm like, these rough stock side of rodeo. I, at a time when I was 
watching these contestants walk through the show barns with their CFR coats. I'm like, these guys, this is what this I want to cool. be one day. Yeah, yeah. Walking through these barns with my CFR coat on, and um, yeah, so that kind of stuck in my mind. Then next thing you know, so Randy started going to, and a couple other friends from around home started getting on cows and went to like some out west rodeos or like yep. Winfield and Buck Lake and Lakedale, and they'd get on bulls, so... They're like, yeah, so we built, but Randy ended up building buck and shoots, put into that coverall building, and uh, we'd be bucking cows with, uh, you know, White Kiefler, Jimmy Kiefler oh, from out west. Yeah. <laughs> so they were all Jimmy out there. Jimmy runs a shitter business now, right? Yeah, Jim Septic, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, and same thing with, with Wyatt, right? <laughs> Wyatt, I don't know if he's part of it, but I know he does a lot a of- Family uh, business. A lot of cattle, he raises grass or whatever, so. Still there at, like, Pigeon Lake. Yep. So- yeah, finally we're bucking cows, and I joined doing that. You know, after you know a Friday night in high school, we invite the <laughs> the high school over. We buck cows, kind of put a show on, and have lots of fun. And White Kiefler's mom said, "Brett, you need to go to a bullfighting school because I enjoyed standing out of the arena helping you can't, him." You can't talk with the mic. You got to speak into it. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm better in the dirt than with the mic this hand yeah. <laughs> for whatever. Yeah, mic hand. Steady. <laughs> <laughs> Hand talker. <laughs> then, uh, so, yeah, so White Kiefler's mom said go to a bullfighting school then. Because her kids, White and Jimmy, also are bull riders too. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So I, I'm like, man, I never thought of that. So we're looking through the old, what was the rodeo paper back in the day? It was like all the amateur results. And oh, fuck. Ah, oh. Not rope and rodeo. Yeah. I was it rope and rodeo? Rope and rodeo, yeah. Yeah, it was, I think yeah. so. Yeah. 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 And then so there was the Rodeo Connection for a while. Rodeo Connection, too. I remember reading that all the time. For yeah. quite a while, yeah. yeah. That was where I got my first writing, writing job. That's where really? it started for Ted. I think maybe I first saw your first article. Because you always have WPV results and stuff on there yeah. all the time. Oh, yeah. They had yeah. that yeah, the the Rodeo yeah, for a yeah. long time. So, so, wait, so go proceed. Sorry. <laughs> so where was I? So I'm trying to think of where the hell I met you, too. So going through that, we see, I seen this article for uh, both fighting school, TJ Baird, Jason Davidson. Hmm. So I'm like, I'm enrolling. Okay, I told Randy, I'm like, Randy, you coming? Yep. <laughs> so he, like, twist your rubber arm. Yeah. Like, and so he had never been a bullfighter before either? Like, no, you guys he just, just got on the odd bull here or there for no freaking way. John at Lakedale or something. And, oh, wait. John and, Duffy. Yeah. Yeah. Then, oh, here we go in March of 2001, we went to our very first school. Oh, shit. And then when did you get your first gig? Was it the Wilson job, like, later that summer or, that, or 02? So after the school, actually, I owe a lot to Jason Davidson, actually, because... Right after that, we phoned JD and we're like, we need some, you know, got any rodeos or anywhere we can go. And uh, where did we end up going? I ended up going to a task, whatever, I'll come back to that. But we ended up going to Bigger Saskatchewan. Nice. <laughs> Ask with Saskatchewan. Why? Well, for who? Like, did, did you get some of Jason's leftovers? No, JD's is like, here, go to Bigger and Ask with. So that's really, that's really New we, York for who? Is big, but this is bigger. It was Big Stone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Randy has a funny story about Bigger, but I cannot share. I don't know if I could share this much. No. You think you can't? Come, Randy become a man. On, I'll say on. Randy became a man and bigger. <laughs> <laughs> that year? First time bullfight on the road? First time bigger. Really? <laughs> what a spot to have. They're down the road. Your ground's oh. like down no, the road. No, it was on the hill. Oh, on the side hill. hill. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait. Oh, gosh. Uh, for those oh, listening yeah. that know the grounds, they I guess they could see the that point in history. Yeah. Well, a boy became a man. <laughs> oh, wow. So I don't oh know if it was dear. bigger or ask with, but I remember, I think Wetaskiwin Rodeo, my hometown rodeo for John Duffy would have been my very first rodeo. In 02. And I or think three. I got that in 01. Wow. Oh, the first year. Yeah, because March, uh, that rodeo in Wetaskiwin had been June, I'm pretty May sure. May long. No, it was May. May. 
It was May Long. So I asked when Caroline and something else was all right. that weekend. Back so I would have phoned John and said, hey, you need an extra bull. I forget how I did you it. You probably He's only like, had one. Yeah. Because that's how it went for It was a long Jamie time. Golowski. Oh, really? <laughs> it was, yeah. So um, I ended up strapping up. And I remember that rodeo because I ended up, like say, don't know what I'm doing half the time when you're a young bullfighter. Just getting between around. the bull and the bull rider is pretty simple. What do I do with my hands? <laughs> <laughs> then I, I ended up getting tossed in the air for the guy, right, on an old bull called Bubbles of John's. And, man, I was hooked. Like, the feeling I got is like I hung the moon there. It was a pretty awesome experience. Damn. And then you, you <coughs> when did you end up going pro? It would have been like 20, 2009, 2008? 05. 05. Would have been my permit, and uh, I would have fully carded in 07. Let's go That's back to some amateur stuff, though. How many yeah. times have you worked the, like, Wild Rose finals and all that shit? See, oh, yeah, my yeah, terrible number, guys, as you guys are asking me how many <laughs> yeah, times it's been all this. I fought the WRA, LRA, FCA, WPB finals. Um, honestly, how many times I couldn't tell you. Which which of those finals did there. you have the most fun at? Oh man, <laughs> all of them. We all had a really good time. <laughs> that's like, that's one thing I loved about like the amateur rodeos. They're like every time the finals would come around, they were the funnest. Like, like FCA yeah. finals was always a fun time in Red Deer. The Manitoba finals in, in Brandon were always a shit show. Like everybody's in town for the weekend, having a good time. Like it's more just a get together than worrying about what's going on at the rodeo. For the most part, for most people, like it's so fun. Yeah, we we enjoyed ourselves <laughs> definitely yeah. back then. Unreal. I love the Wild Rose finals for me. It was a, it was a great time because they had the big cabaret and yeah. in the like hockey rink and the wall and and I actually won there so I was like I like just is it so fun like those you smaller been there then, smaller six. towns yeah which remember one that? do you remember me riding the bull back in the day yeah or steer riding and stuff because I would have met you in this, when I was riding steers like oh four barhead was what WRA finals yeah, yeah. then was Stony Plain LRA no St Paul St Paul that's right yeah SP you were close just yeah. a little bit of a weird recollection there. That's yeah. okay though, but yeah, I, I probably would have met you at one of those somewhere at Watasquin because remember riding in Watasquin in like oh two or three, yeah, and then further along in the junior bull riding too. So would have been somewhere in there, guaranteed. I remember I had one of those stickers. I don't know if you or Randy gave it to me. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely remember, remember that. People would always go through the Watasquin like drive through at McDonald's, and somebody must have slapped the sticker on one of those you know big yellow yep. beams so you don't yep. crash in there. TNT Bullfighters <laughs> is on there for the longest time. <laughs> <laughs> Holy, that's awesome. So do you, do you have any memories of any of those rides though? Like, do you remember like what first time you saw Wacy or I ride somewhere? I'm kind of curious now. To be honest, no, no, no. So we're not that memorable. He hates us. No, I can't remember. Probably anybody. Always so focused on the job at hand. Oh really? So uh, he blacks out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like when the first time Ricky Bobby raced a NASCAR. Yeah. He's blacked out and yeah, he's blacked out and. Yeah. Trust your trust your body. <laughs> it's funny. Even today, still like, oh, which way did that bull go, man? I'm like, honestly, I don't remember to have yeah. a clue which way you so went. So, do you remember any of the bulls then at all? Or? I, I definitely remember the bulls. Yes, and, but you don't remember what they did. Do you, you remember that, like, how the bull is mentally? Why or? is he the way he is? I, I what do you remember about them if you don't know? So, where, where I they like go? say, growing up around cattle, cattle are my favorite animal. Man, mm-hmm. I, I understand them, and I definitely remember cattle. Which way they spin, it doesn't matter to me because I just react to whatever they're giving me. But uh, their personalities, I'd probably I'd remember the most out of anything. Huh. So what was the what was the scariest amateur bull back in the day that you would had to deal with? The scariest amateur? It definitely wasn't Carl or John Duffy's, <laughs> the Hereford. Carl the Hereford. Carl the Hereford. <laughs> he is one bad dude. <laughs> Lawrence Pengalli's muleys that were way oh, back. Man. They were pretty quiet. Um, God. I remember. Oh, oh, you know what it was? It was Fear Me of John's. For sure, when you were going, he met, he There's got Riley Ty under the fence yeah. in Wobbleman one time. There's fear of me, but a fear bull me, that yeah. back in the dub days, there was a bull that always 
got us so uh ty northcott always started the bull riding with no strings do you remember no strings a yellow no. horn bull no. and man it was always wrecking ty you know he's great i think he like entertainment wise yeah. what a way to get people into a bull riding because this bull is probably going to hook either the bull everybody. rider or the bullfighter or everybody yeah, and everybody. he did that Jeez. so was it was it fear man I, like fear say me for sure you, you treat every bull like a bull and like it's but yeah everybody i remember in wabin that day and everyone was completely terrified of fear me like yeah. it, it was like a thing where like we stuck around an extra day just to see fear me <laughs> <laughs> in the arena because it was just such a such a wreck it yeah. was it was what was that what wild. was that bull jim had a few years ago um thompson northern yeah northern lights no wasn't it a couple of those brindles big, yeah. big scary fucker like you bumped those like when brc first started he was really he was really good but like he was like would kill you on the ground i can't remember what really? his name was Northern Lights or something yeah, like that, or one of those ones. A couple big high big horn brindles, yeah. Big face fucker, yeah. He was, yep. he was good, but yeah, just absolutely terrifying. So, like, say, out of the pan, you know, <laughs> the bulls are mostly aggressive most of the time. Then, of course, there's always the the elites out of that, where you better be on your toes a lot more. Like, your no strings, your fear me's. Dang. Uh, yeah, bulls like that. In the amateur days, anyway, then in the pro days, you know, you had been on your toes more for, like, Big Valley Black yeah, and those kind yeah. of bulls, so. What was that one um, in... Indian turtle, Indian turtle. Oh, yeah, yeah. he's a hockey. He's on the rock Scott's yeah. face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he stepped on Scott's face in uh, Pinocchio that year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So how how valuable is the having that cattle sense for what you do? Like I'm, I know, like I'm really good friends with Craig Stevens too, and he kind of has the same background. Like he spent his life around cattle, and like that. What's that's, he wasn't a very like in shape guy, but he was just so ca- aware of like cattle and like and he rode bulls for a long time too. Mm-hmm. So like how how valuable is that skill? I think it's very valuable because um, that's the only thing that's probably saved me and yeah. hasn't crippled me off is when I first started is understanding. I did get wrecked out quite a bit when I first started. <laughs> that's no lie. <laughs> but uh, having that cow sense about you definitely gives you an advantage over people that don't. But doesn't mean if you have no cow sense at all, it no. still doesn't matter. Yeah. There's amazing, more freestyle bullfighters that have zero cow sense, but they're very athletic and can do very well. Yeah. What about moving on to the next level and then getting some of the big calls, getting the CFR, getting Calgary, getting to go to Pinoca. What are some of those most memorable moments Moments that way for you as far as getting to the next levels? And what, what are some of the goals still? Like going to the Pendleton Whiskey Velocity Tour now is probably a big goal, but it's not really a, not really a what I say, a driving factor right now because I think you'd probably rather stay home. Like, and I'm in the same place. Like, I'd rather be at home now. We we have a lot of good stuff to do here, and there's plenty to do. But I'm just curious on your on your thoughts that way on some of the big big events and getting those calls. Um, you know, remind me where to go back to. But uh, I'll start with the velocity. You know, going yeah. down there when I when I got the call um, from Richard to go. Hey, we got some uh, velocity tour bull ridings to do for you, and uh, that was an amazing call. That's because. I wanted to go down there and see how I compare to the best down there. Yeah. You know, your Webbs, your Hargos, your Nathan Harp, Nate Justice, Evan Allards, all those guys. Um, Lucas Teodoro. Yeah. The hand, a bunch of hands down there. Man, yeah. they're, they're all hands down there. And I went down there. It uh, would have been, gosh, 2019. I guess, 20, yeah. Tw- end of 2018, probably 2019. I did some of Velocity tours down there, and I came back when then COVID hit, and that stopped everything. But I realized I was no less than those those yeah. guys down there, and to me, that was a huge accomplishment for myself. 
Oh, and you're like like next to Jesse Byrne. Like you're one of the few guys who've made that run down into the U.S. and like went and like tested your metal against those guys. So it's probably it's probably good to like again like the good measuring stick for you. Yeah, coming home. <clears throat> oh, for so sure. Go back to the Calgary stuff now, and the and the CFR. CFR and, yeah. yeah. So like say, dating back 2005, I got my permit. I even dating further back. Okay, Randy's fighting for Tim Wilson. You know, we start getting our own ra- rodeos. Yeah. Randy's going with Penn Galley's a little more. I ended up getting hired on by Peters and Sons Rodeo, our yeah. Peters, yeah. Uh, Aaron and Abby and Faye. And so I worked with them a lot all up northern Alberta, right? We went to northern BC. Yeah. Harmon Valley, Grand Prairie. <laughs> Doe Creek and all <laughs> Yeah, all that stuff up there. Man. Yeah. Athabasca. Oh. So we did all those amateur rodeos. Then uh, High school rodeos probably yeah, too. Yeah, everything he had I would have worked. Then... Uh, Art had the Grand Prairie Stompede, mm. right? Is one pro rodeo. So in 2005, he's like, get your permit. So I did that. And uh, Dave Sandylands would have been nice. doing that pro rodeo at the Sandy. time. So uh, I started, so I got my permit, did a Stompede. Then, you know, as soon as you people kind of know that you can hold your own weight and do a good job, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you started getting other pro rodeos where people can't go. And um, next you know, in 2007, I'm fully carded and on my way kind of thing. So, 2007 being fully carded was a huge accomplishment for myself. That's like that's only like six years of like actually like fighting bulls, which is a pretty good like trajectory, yeah, like career wise. No, nope, and yeah, I think then somewhere around there, I ended up getting hurt, tore out my knee. For uh, I was at a bull soccer game for Ty Northcott during Rodeo Royal. Oh no, <laughs> yeah, Rodeo Royal, <laughs> young bull fighters <laughs> go to play bull soccer, but I ended up tearing my knee out. This little bull. You know, threw me up, maybe not even a foot in the air, come down on her wrong, blew my knee out. But, you know, nothing happened, I thought. So, crutching at home. Um, this is March, so you fucks a whole year. Yeah. yeah. So, I try to get out of bed the next day, crying in bed, not at my grandma's place in Calgary. And uh, so, this would have been a Thursday night, maybe. Go see the doctor. She, my mom's like, no, go to the hospital. This don't go to the doctor's office. Go to the hospital. hospital yeah. Go to the hospital. End up getting a, seeing a good doctor, knee specialist. I had an MRI, I think, Saturday. So that was a Thursday, Friday hospital. MRI Saturday. I think I had surgery on it Monday. Holy That's wow. how fast it went. Like, that doesn't yeah. happen. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. No. Never. How, did that, how did that work? Just the stars lined up. That's all. Jeez. Right place at the right time, I guess. So you go and get the surgery on your knee then, and, but that's still like two to six months yeah a long yeah. time yeah. that's the whole season that's what, what was year? it your MCL your PCL oh, I can't even remember it. like say three different knee surgeries on this one on my left oh knee and ACL MCL yeah. PCL all that kind of stuff the whole deal yeah but um, yeah but going one of my maybe the second time I blew my knee out I remember Randy getting the call for the CFR in 2008 as an alternate yeah. he made the alternate yeah. right which is a great feat and uh, only like two years in yeah because he got his card price similar time. time. He yeah. would have probably got the same time as I did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So he's going in to fight his, you know, he's at the height of his career. He's loving it, man. And I'm going in for surgery on my second oh, surgery exact same time. Sad boy hours. Right? <laughs> so, but honestly, it probably made it easier on me knowing that, man, I'm all crippled up trying to get better when he's at the CFR. It made it a little more bearable. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> for sure. Dang. So that was kind of a member of, like, thinking about stuff like that. Um you know, getting the calls, go to your Pinocchio stampedes. Yeah, totally. Because, like, say, growing, close to home, yeah. growing up in Pinocchio, man, the thundering hooves of the Pinocchio stampede, mm-hmm. it was awesome. And mm-hmm. to be in that dirt and you look into that grandstands and it starts rumbling, it's, it's something else. Mm-hmm. So that's a very memorable moment for me. Of course, 
then going to uh, getting the call, finally going to my first Calgary Stampede was huge. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's like a, that's such a huge like goal for anybody who rodeos in Canada is like to get to the Calgary Stampede and to actually yeah. step into that arena in your position must have been like such a cool feeling. It was awesome. Yeah. Then uh, I'd have been fighting with. Well, Dave would have been retired, so it'd have been uh, Scott and Jesse Byrne, yeah, and myself what the a, first few years. How much of your job has been waiting for guys to retire? <laughs> oh man, it, that's a great, yeah, that is a question, and it is a waiting game because you know I remember getting these guys would get these finals, yeah. and I'd be on the treadmill at home when these finals are going on. Say one day, you guys, I'm just going to wait you out. I know it's tough, but I'm going to wait it out, and I'm going to be there in your spot one day. And I just kept on. Uh, working really hard and if you can wait long enough and if you're talented enough you can outlast the guys that exactly because before me to get all getting all these bull ridings you know randy was before me riley gerlitz riley ty wyatt wyatt gerlitz uh who also would have been in there uh craig walker yeah um and then kelly uh, morton all were before me but i awaited them like they all retired yeah for whatever reason or another, and I just kept doing my job. Then one day, it just worked out for me to the get stars all these big rodeos. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I know that's good stuff. Okay, we got a question from uh, <laughs> from the uh, audience. Oh, yeah, hey, Kobe, Kobe <laughs> Moore. The navigating the politics in your game, like what? <laughs> what made you not just want to get disheartened? Go like, well, not disheartened, but just go after it, not respecting the guys ahead of you. Like, just oh. you know, you're good enough. What oh. s- what makes you want to play the politics game in this game you to get there? Like waiting and doing it the right way. You have to wait and do it the right way. Otherwise, you will not get up. If you start stepping on too many cutting toes cinches or and stuff like cutting that. a cinch yeah. or rattling too many <coughs> feathers, man, you'll be chopped off the chop. Well, that's lot, like, that does, and that's at every level too, right? Like even at the amateur level, like exactly. you, if you start doing that shit, and you build a bad reputation. Like you're not going anywhere, no. man. You're stuck where you're at. No, you're stuck where you're at, and. Um, you know, I waited for my time. Then, uh, you know, when there's no such thing as luck. It's when opportunity meets hard work, right? That's just it, yeah. And um, I waited my time. Then all of a sudden, one of the first times I met Scott Byrne was in Randy's basement. They're coming back from Abbotsford, and, you know, they might have had a little fun the yeah. night before. And oh, that was another, that's a pretty good time. So Scott's in the basement partying with Randy. And <laughs> So the first time I ever got to meet Scott Byrne was in the basement there. And, man, I just been like, this is my an idol. So we get to hang out with Scott Byrne. How cool is this? That's a cool feeling, yeah. Oh, Then over the years after, you know, that experience, Scott and Dave Sandylands, those are two, and Randy, they're all guys that stood up in my wedding, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. guys I idolized. And uh, all of a sudden, next thing you know, we're really good friends and uh, we're really good peers. It's, uh, it's, to me, a very special special thing. Oh, and what was that like working with like your idols for the first time you know it's always like we talked about when we interviewed tyler last week it's like when you finally get to that level and you start competing against your peer or guys you've looked up to and they become your friends it's like it's such a cool feeling to see that that journey like play out in that r- regard oh it's amazing i remember like say dave when you hear about dave sandy lands an amateur bullfighter like oh man this is probably the toughest human being i ever met or you, you know you hear the the tale so we go to bigger saskatchewan wild cow milking <laughs> nobody could catch this cow <laughs> so dave just runs up beside the cow bulldogs are down what? and he couldn't wait for the milk so he's got you know on top of her holding her neck down he's milking the cow too <laughs> <laughs> i'm like this is the legend dave sandy lands right here man he and, he and he's like the he's the best dude man oh, I, yeah. I the the only i have a funny dave sandy story the only time i ever got on a bull stone it was in uh console Why would you get on a bull stone man I, it was 
I was young. I was dumb. Like make better decisions. I was hey, man. He, <laughs> yeah. It was uh, back in the amateur days. It was bad. I was. We was a run of rodeos. We had seven rodeos in six days, and I hadn't rode a thing. And I was sad. I was like, I need to change something up. And I was traveling with like Ronnie Dellery and Flint Vero, oh. not the best traveling partners. <laughs> in hindsight, great, great guys, love them, but not the best traveling partners. They're like Ronnie's like, man, just like maybe just smoke some weed this time. I'm like, okay, like anything to change it up, whatever. So we go to Consul, Saskatchewan. It's a Richards rodeo, and we don't, we haven't seen any Richards bulls it's in Saskatchewan seven hours ever, long ever. Too. Yeah. So we pull up, and there's remember his, it's called Skyhook, his old bull, the big brindle, big brindle bull. But we, so that's what I had drawn. We didn't know what he looked like. So we pull into the rodeo, and there's this big, huge brindle bull in the back pens, like baseball bat horns on either side. And Ronnie's like, I feel bad. Whoever's got that bull. So whatever. Uh, we eventually the rodeo goes on, and they they go to smoke their do their their ritual like halfway through the rodeo like wait come on like change it up gotta do something so i'm like How whatever long does that last though like did you have oh, to do dude, it a few man, times well, right? let me get in, let me get into the story okay. like, it's, so we yeah, i smoke weed with these guys and then all of a sudden like they're they run the bulls and then i asked like where my bull is and they said on this, this delivery so lo and behold this big brindle bull runs in and that's when i got and he barely fits in the shoots and console and like oh. whatever and, and dave and i'd become pretty pretty good friends when he's wrestling in the cca mm-hmm. bunch so I asked him to help me get on, and I'm like full panic mode. Like again, like I ha- I smoked for the second time I'd ever smoked weed in my life, and I'm just freaking out. This bull's huge; he barely fits in this chute. I hang my rope, I get on him, and like no matter which way he's looking, like he's leaning on one of my legs. And it takes me probably three and a half minutes to get on this bull. Like I'm freaking out, like tying my hand. And in. as you're stoned, it I'm, probably seems like hours. Yeah, and right? I'm getting cussed by everybody. Like <laughs> like like the, the whole Richards family, like all of the guys are on the back of the shoots yelling at me, like get out, get the fuck out of there, or whatever. And Dave's just like in my ear. And it's one thing I'll never forget. He's like, he's like, you're okay, Wes. Like he's bad in here. Like just just get it done. So he pulled my rope. Whatever, and I got, I got, I eventually got on the bull, and I rode him. I was like 70, 75 points. He was like, just a sweetheart. So I was like building up this huge monster in my head. But it was just, it was. I always had. Anytime Dave could help me get on a bull, I'd always have him around, just because he's like such a calming like yeah. person and this unbelievable dude. It was so funny. Huh. And then one of the one of the Richards boys came to me after. He's like, he's like, yeah, that bull was pretty bad in there. Like, we're sorry for yelling. At you. That was the same time when when uh, Billy jumped into the arena and almost beat up Tanner Alamond. Oh, really? Yeah, it's the same day. Like, what was, was that it, about? Uh, Tanner got on this bull. Like, he was, he just, like, canned off. He was, like, 65 points or whatever. No re-ride in Tanner. Something. He's like, that's a, that's a piece of shit. And Billy, like, just comes hot over the back. Shoots and, like, great Here in comes Billy the yeah. kid in. Yeah, and just he socked Tanner. One. I think he punched him with his helmet on. Like, it was crazy. Oh, it was geez. so funny. And then, yeah, so there was, a, there was a big deal. Like, then Tanner's dad jumped in the arena. And, like, it was a shit show, man. Like, and I started all off by taking three minutes to get on this big bull. Yeah. So everybody's feet was hot as, as it is. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, days on the old dude. Going back to the politics, though, it's such a political game that sucks. But it's who you're friends with, who you are, and you know, like to be completely honest, right now, and no offense to anybody or like anything, but Tanner Byrne shows up and is right at the top of the bull bullfighting game in no time. Yeah, you know, and and like I'm not dogging anybody, but it's like he he's doing a great job too. But ha- but it's kind of crazy that he goes from, you know, riding bulls to fighting bulls at the finals within a year, where everybody else had to go and pay their dues that way. And he's still, it's kind of crazy. He still has to pay his dues in the CPRA, right? Like he yeah. in the PBR, you can go and be there, which <laughs> is, you know, interesting that way. But on the rodeo side of things, he doesn't even have a full card yet, right? See, interesting fact in my career, like I, I went through Jesse coming through, Bo coming yeah. through, and Tanner now coming yeah. through. And uh, you know, Jesse, he backed it up you know his he was you know i'd do the same thing they would hey yeah. you know your dad's a, you know another guy I looked up to is ryan and still yeah. as a bullfighter and his connections and yeah why wouldn't you use that to your advantage yeah. which they all do in any anything in life you do yeah but they backed it up 
So how do you, you can't fight with that. As long as you back up where you're going, I can live with that. Put your money where your mouth yeah. is, yeah, for sure. Yep. What, do you, what do you think about the different systems, though? Like going from the CPRA, like should Tanner have been able to go to the, to the big pro rodeos in the first year or should you have to go and screw around and jump through all the hoops to get to there? Like what are your thoughts well, that way? Well, the rules just got to apply to everybody. Yeah. So I had to go through the hoops. Tanner still has to go through the hoops. So mm-hmm. as long as it, you know, the rules are followed by everybody, I don't have a problem with it. But 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 I'm I'm looking at the different systems though, going from PBR to CPRA. Like, what do you think that way? I feel like the CPRA stuff, some of it's a little well, bit. C- CPRA does, you know, there are two different associations, of course, but they got yeah. their own set of rules where the PBR kind of does whatever they want to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. I feel maybe I'm wrong, but like, say they'll, hey, I want this guy here, they'll have him here. And well, and, and like from a marketing standpoint, business side of things, it makes sense to have Tanner at these events, right? Like he's he's yeah. he's a really big name from the rider side of things. Yeah, people know who he is, especially like in Saskatoon is a good example. Like everybody knows who he's, he is. He's the PR guy. Yeah, here. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tanner, yeah. he has lots of value, and you know. Tanner growing up as a junior bull rider, man, I remember going to Big Valley, me and Randy fighting bulls for him at the, the bulls for breakfast yeah. kind of thing. So I seen him, you know, I kind of, he kind of grew up, to, not to get, like, seen him grow up, right? Like getting on those junior yeah. bulls, yeah. the big puffy ginger hair. and he, me his fro, <laughs> the yeah. The big ginger afro. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. Like, I become pretty close with Tanner. Then, of course, when he started going bigger events down south, they never got to see him and coming mm-hmm. back and... You know, we had a little bit of issues at the at the start there, but um, you know, my own personal work, I I had a conversation with him. I feel it's better, and it's quite, it's really enjoyable having him around and um, not having that uh, conflict around yeah. us anymore. So, no, it's been really good. You guys had a conflict? Did you have to fight him? Oh shit, he probably went. <laughs> <laughs> no, just like through my own personal stuff, like instead of holding stuff on and letting it just dig and bury me, yeah, like just uh, clear as kind and have a, a conversation, which I, I did um, whatever it was a month ago or so or two months ago. Clear, and clear the air. Now we can be the team that I knew this uh, Ty Prescott, myself, and him can be. Speaking of conflict, I'm going to bring my uh, friend Kobe Moore in here. Oh, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you tee this up for us. So for those who are active on social media... Brett has a pretty good presence. Kobe has a good presence. We all have a good presence. So recently you posted a photo of you in the Pro Rodeo Sports News from the Calgary Stampede. It wasn't a flattering photo. It wasn't a bad photo, but it wasn't a flat from from your from your line of work wasn't the, wasn't a fo- wouldn't be a photo you'd put as your profile picture on Facebook. Not at all. <laughs> so you you It's you, not your header on LinkedIn. So you post yeah, exactly. It's not your header on LinkedIn. So you posted the kind of like a side by side of the same scenario from two different photographers. One of the more flattering, like you actually doing one, you like what you want to post, so that caused quite a stir online amongst the photographer community. <laughs> so uh, we want to get into that not a little even, bit. Not really the photographer community, just like overall. It's overall. It just it, it sparks some discussion on yeah. social media. Some good, some bad. <laughs> so I get a, a text message or something from somebody. Hey, look at great to see you made PSN. And honestly, I see the picture. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I just, I'm like, shut it off right away. I don't want this ever to be brought up again. Then, of course, it was more brought up. And Who like tells say, you? Pardon? Like, is it somebody, like, Somebody messaged me on Instagram. Oh, look, Brett's on the PSN or whatever. I'm like, oh, this could be cool. Then I see the picture. I'm like, oh, uh, just like a boon deflating, right? Yeah. Um, so, so paint the picture for our radio listeners. So this would have been with Joe Frost, this year's Calgary Stampede, yeah. on a, a bull of Outlaw Buckers, Billy Bigrigger. And he made the whistle, and I rolled through there, grabbed the bull by the head, and he just pushed me away. And I still had enough, still stayed on my feet, 
after he kind of pushed me that he was run, going to run over Joe or Josh. <laughs> one of them. One of them. One Josh, of because yeah, Joe's Josh. not going Josh. Yeah. He's still going to run him over, but somehow I still got back in enough to get that bull's head up, and he missed Joe with the head, and, you know, he kind of maybe caught him with the back feet. I still did my job, which I thought it was, you know, did a great job, never got hooked. Uh, but the perspective they got is looking like I'm fall, half falling down or running away at the biggest outdoor show on Earth, on, yeah, on the planet, and it was just... Uh, it was just a little disappointing, <laughs> the, the shot they used. So then explain what happened from there. You pushed it away for a while, but then you decided to speak out and just... Yeah, I thought I'd bury it and uh, never yeah. have to see it again. But... Although, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's more... Um, people are kind of texting me. And, okay, I should probably put something out there yeah. to defend uh, this post because... Uh, the was it PSN is what they call it? pro yeah, yeah pro radio sports yeah, pro news. News, you know yeah. every um, specialty act every contract everybody every down member. they see it they see yeah. this every contractor like they can see this and this is a full two page spread of advertising how shitty of a bullfighter Brett Monny is to the world basically and it's like something about O Canada and I like yeah. I don't even know the whole but I'm like you're representing the whole nation it's, it's, it's like, like a picture speaks a thousand words though yeah, right like 17 miles away well exactly because I would have you know as a bullfighter I would have seen that I'm like man that's a not the best choice of <laughs> yeah. pictures to use for that bullfighter like you might as well have been on the fence oh man it was just <laughs> like say it was disheartening so I put something out there on social media um like in and my perspective perspective yeah right point was perspective like why couldn't they use a great rank bullfighting pitcher? Yeah. But uh, the person that took it and maybe the editor of PCN, they must have thought something special in that photo, which I didn't see. But Which could be a case of having not the right people in place selecting that stuff, right? Like if you don't have someone who doesn't really know rodeo. Not, or they, not everybody knows. That's just, but that's just, that's just right? it, right? Yeah, yeah It's yeah. like the newspaper when you get a fucking bull with its tail in the air. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're putting a picture in the paper. Uh, that's, where just, that's, a, that's the thing. Right? The people that don't know about our sport. And but then that's a, that's the that's a detriment to it though, is where it's like people don't know are making those decisions, and then the people who do know are seeing the the pictures like that. Yeah. Like you said, that has, it can have a great effect on on your like reputation. You could say in that part of the world. Then you know, then a friend of mine, about two uh, a little while later, he, he, or after this is all going down, he's like, "Look what they put about Dusty Tuckness, a rank save pitcher, full spread." Yeah. I'm like, yeah, "Are you yeah. kidding me? They got this <laughs> picture of me, looks like I'm an idiot." <laughs> Running away from the wreck, which is opposite of what happened. Then they got Dusty Tuckness is killing it out there, which he does. He's one of the best, in my opinion, times in of all whatever. time. And I'm like, you guys can't tell. So somebody knows what a good pitcher is. Yeah. And somebody, I just don't know who dropped the ball or what happened there. But it's just really disappointing on my end. But in the end, I know I did a good job <laughs> at Calgary and everywhere I go. It's yeah. just like, say, pitchers speak a thousand words, so, but everybody that sees it that doesn't really know me or whatever, like, man, look at this like, idiot. He looks like a scrub. Like, yeah. He's like, yeah, you don't know What's what you're doing. What's this guy doing at Calgary? Yeah, Gee. you know. So on the photographer side of things, Kobe, explain <laughs> to us a little bit about what w- might have went down there, who dropped the ball, what, what went on. <laughs> it's definitely a photo selection issue. There's no question. The, it's a, you're working peak action sports. You have to find that peak action moment. And while it's all happening really fast, there's a pretty – finite set of circumstances a bullfighter wants to happen in real life and wants to to be shown in an image and and just that that separation it was just a tough moment so i mean if we're if we're legitimately talking about what went wrong there that's uh, when i was going through photojournalism school i was told by my professors um if there's a when you set your 
set of pictures you're going to send to a publication, if there's one or two in there you don't like, you don't think are perfect, you don't like as much as the rest, cut them because the editor's always going to pick that one. Mm. So it's a situation with, with the PSN, the the way they do it. I got my PRCA card this year and found out that they just quite literally photographers just dump ph photos from whatever they're at oh, into yeah. a folder, and the PSN have access to all those folders. So. That would have just they pay for that. I think they pay when they use it. So, but they have a huge selection rather than just the best from each person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and and I wasn't filing at the time. So, I mean, it, like perspective wise, they could have had something a little bit better in that regard. It was just the the photos great from a technical standpoint. The subject matter is horrendous. Well, because you well you posted the side by side on Facebook. Like there's like the <laughs> same scenario. And it just it's it's crazy how 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 much effect a picture can have on that on that. But then looking at how much uh, power actually photographers have in telling a story, yeah, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. There's a bit of responsibility there in this sport too. There's you you go through a few hoops to to understand what is acceptable to the public, like the general public that may not understand things. You don't ever want to convey anything the wrong way. But in my opinion, the bullfighting side of it is probably the easiest part to edit because if they're not close, if they're not touching. What's the point, right? Like, mm -hmm. it, it, yeah. So is that just somebody? Is that is that another photographer not knowing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to get at? Daddy's just staring at you. I'm gonna go ahead and let you drop names if that's where we're going. I ain't dropping no names. I'm just saying other photographers. The the part about the whole Manya posting what he posted situation. He called me before that post went up. There was never a discussion on who the <laughs> photographer was. Regarding the picture itself, no, no you, there's no even like he in, didn't the, in the copy of what you sent. When there, I no when I sent him additional pictures of what was in there, he straight up texts back with like, "Oh wait, that's who took that picture." Like it wasn't. Yeah, a, yeah. There's nothing we're personal. Not, we're here. not trying to shit on anybody. We're, it's just a matter of like, hey, this picture, it's, like, it's a perspective, perspective, perspective thing, yeah, thing and, sure. and not everyone knows that this can be an issue, right? Like, I had I got just about choked out by Ty Prescott in Halifax a while ago because he was mad because I wasn't editing the videos correctly to put the bullfighting saves in and it wasn't even something I ever fucking thought of before. <laughs> but he got real pissed off over but it. Yeah, but I was it's like, not, it's I'm not like, oh shit, I didn't them. even it think just, about it. It's just yeah. like, fuck, yeah. I should like maybe think about some other stuff here that I yeah. wasn't even on my radar, yeah. right? But he's mad and was fired up. We are in the bar, so he <laughs> yeah. like, and he'll me, do right? that. Right? Yeah. So, but it was some, it wasn't even on my radar. So yeah. it's like, oh shit, I guess I should think about this yeah. next time. But it wasn't even, it wasn't even on my, we're, you know, yeah, it wasn't even on my radar. So, I, like, I'm not trying to crap on anybody. I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of shit to all of what we do. I wanted to touch on the, the PBR versus CPRA system thing regarding bullfighters. There's a, in my opinion, there's an air of you get the right person for the job in the PBR. In the CPRA, it's very much an air of you're in an, you're in an association trying to get to the top. There's mm -hmm. no, there's not a lot of... Uh, how do you say this right without shitting on a bunch of guys that do things that you can't do, but the best of the best are just going to be doing the job in the PBR. In the CPRA, you have to sift your way through to find the best of the best. Is that a fair way of putting it almost? And because, like say, there's a lot of different variables in the CPRA, like sometimes you're committee hired or contract hired, and if that contractor has one of the biggest rodeos in uh, Canada, then of course... Maybe not the most qualified. Like you have to go through s certain stringency to make sure you you can fight at this ability, you know. And uh, you know, s sometimes like say you grow in my career, man, I want to be at that rodeo. That's a huge rodeo, but maybe I wasn't working for that contractor. Yeah. Other people are, and that's just the way it is, right? So how does a guy like like our friend, like a friend a friend of mine, Monty Phillips? How does he not get 
to go to the CFR ever? Is it because of his skills? Does he not have the bullfighting ability that some other guys have? Is it some of the political side? Is it uh, is it marketing? What, why wouldn't a guy like that ever get to go to the finals? Is it timing? What what might it be? Like I'm kind of curious on the, on that side of things, or even even some of the best guys in the U.S. Like like what would it be? Ah, oh, Ted, you're asking uh, a a tough not a how can I put this? With Monty, I think he is a really good bullfighter. Um, sometimes work with certain contractors may hinder you because some contractors, you know, you're starting this business. You don't go work for this contractor because he wants you to do things for, you know, hey, keep trying to turn this bull back at seven seconds, you know. And mm-hmm. as a, from a bull rider perspective, I'll try to turn back a bull once. And if he uh, he doesn't go, Tanner Byrne, he might try him back in seven seconds. He's just walking he learned in from here. Wade King, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> big, big Red himself, Cinnamon Dick, has always, arrived. Always. <laughs> Wade Wade was the seven-second turnback king. Yeah. <laughs> the other day, whatever town we were, seven seconds, here we go. But, you know, some contractors want you to keep trying to turn bulls back. And as a bull rider, you know, I was either going to get a re-ride mm-hmm. for a better bull or you just got me bucked off at seven seconds. So, you know, it's a hard thing. Do you fight for the bull riders or the contractor? And I know, you know, maybe in Monty, I can't speak for Monty, right? That's not my job to speak for him. But uh, maybe sometimes the wrong contractor. Um, like I say, stars always, I feel in this business, got to align. Like you could be the most talented at anything you do in yeah, life. for sure. But if you're not... You see in other sports too, right? Like oh. guys like super talented. Like I've played hockey with guys who are like the most talented people in the world. Yeah. But they just stars on a line. They just don't get to ever get their shot, and that's just that's the way it goes. The right? way it is, yeah. right? And um, yeah, I, like I say, I just don't want to speak for Monty. It's not my place to speak for Monty. I was just curious. Yeah. I, I no, just I, no, know. I, I get there's that. There's been too. guys like that that just never, never really get to get to go. Like Scott Way, for example. Long you know, time. Like maybe only got to go to the CFR as a selected guy once or twice yeah, and was right there for the whole time and worked Calgary for 10 years. Great bullfighter. You know? Yeah. I think it has to go to, like, going Just back. Just don't like, get the window There's sometimes. great guys like Bob Morrison, your Greg Chapmans, who are really good. Uh, Craig or Craig Chapman, he's probably one of the best freestyle guys we ever had in here. Bob Morrison was a really good bullfighter, but he never ended up getting to go to the Canadian Finals Rodeo. Yeah. So all, about, all about the – are you guys – all about the shot. We're conspiring. We're conspiring. Okay. Go oh, ahead. I, then. I think it'd be cool to roll into into the the ranch, the Brett Monia experience, the everything you built up. I have one more question before we get to oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the like kind of the evolution of what you do. Like you've been doing it for twenty years now. So you start, like, as you mentioned earlier, you started working rodeos by yourself. Now it went to two guys. Now it's three guys most places. Like, what's that been like? To you have, you have to do a lot of adapting, like that way, or it's kind of adapt or die in a sense. Yeah, you have to, right? Um, Honestly, with three guys, if as, if you know the game, right, not much changes with two guys versus three. As long as you know how to rotate, man, you can fit in with anybody. Explain rotate, though. So rotate is break it down. Okay, so if a bull is spinning to the left, so if I'm looking at the shoots, the guy on the left side, the guy falls off, say to the middle. The guy, if you're looking at the shoots, would roll to the middle. And the other guy would probably roll towards the buck and shoots to where I was, right? You're always rotating. Usually the way the bull is going, we can manipulate him and change directions, of course, to go opposite way if we have to, to prevent a wreck. But usually we keep that momentum of the bull the way he's going. Then you just throw really a third guy in there that understands the rhythm, the momentum, and you just keep rolling those Mm -hmm. certain ways. 
right? But if you got a guy that always, you know, stopping the momentum and going against the grain, that's where conflict really arises mm-hmm. when you're trying to do things that... Is somebody uh, that does that, is are they trying to, like, be the guy to make the save? Are they trying to be a little bit of a hero? Some guys are probably just not on the same page. Some guys I know, looking back at my career, just used to fighting by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And they had to switch that bull's momentum to keep himself safe, right, by, when you're by yourself. Then all of a sudden... Hey, the skills said I learned how to keep myself safe. Now I'm fighting with two other guys. It just doesn't work that same way, right? Where, you know, this other guy's rolling, and I just got to keep rolling with them, right? I don't know if that all which makes which sense. well, it just ties into that teamwork aspect, right? If you guys aren't working as a team or as exactly. a unit, it's not going to be you're not going to have a good time. And um, that's the thing you got to learn too. Like, you know, you go to Calgary. I want every bull to come my way, right? But when you're out there. You have to work as a team because some days, you know, last night not much came my way. I I rolled and, uh, you know, uh, created distraction when I could. It just wasn't one of my nights, which it doesn't matter. As long as those Cowboys are safe, that's a huge day. That's what matters in the most. It doesn't matter who did it. And that's where a great team comes into play where it doesn't matter if it's myself or Tanner or Ty making the save. As a team, we're doing the best job we can to protect those bull riders, and that's all what matters. All right. Well, yeah, so I was going to – so. Talking about that journey, and you mentioned like you went to uh, Jason Davidson's bullfighting school. Now you're at a point where you're doing your own schools. Like, what's happened like for it to come full circle? And oh. that kind of ties into the, the Rafter U7 stuff, which we can get into after that. But like, what's up? You're kind of your way of giving back to the sport, and like, what's the future of bullfighting in Canada look like? Oh man, like the full circle thing. I'm, I'm still trying to pinch myself how I came from, a, like I say, a ranch kid, a farm kid from up north to teaching bullfighting schools. Yeah. And um, it's been quite the journey. Like yeah. you said, like 20 years of watching the sport evolve to a point where you, you started out with no experience and now you're teaching, teaching the future of the sport. And then hopefully um, given the opportunities or the skill set for young guys, kind of like me and girls to um, maybe find the success that I've found the success in this business. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, where the, where the idea come from to start doing like the kind of, it kind of first started with the ultimate bullfighting experience and now you've, you've taught at other schools and stuff. Like where, where did that idea first come from? Or like hey, the ultimate bullfighting experience Just, 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 just like the teaching aspect of it, I guess. Like where, when did you like, decide, like, I want to start I, teaching this to people? I think the bullfighting experience, if, if you don't mind me speaking on it, was more to just expand the, s- the mm-hmm. sport, the bullfighting, the cattle handling, yeah. just mm-hmm. things that people don't understand. Brett's turned me into someone that is probably too comfortable around these animals <laughs> through that deal i don't know if it was uh you know it, it got started toward in covid mm. in in those times you you know it, it meant a lot to a lot of people that were involved and he got it got it rolling but then it's more than success stories and seeing the different types of people you've had through that through yeah. through the rafter u7 mm. that leave smiling there's not a moment they've not felt safe and a good majority of them went out there and fought a live animal and that is probably one of the coolest things i've seen out of this sport mm-hmm. in my seven, mm-hmm. eight years being involved. So I'll, I'll touch, like, there's, of course, the traditional schools. Like, in 2001, I went to a traditional three-day school, which we're still doing today, that I'm going and started December with Scott Schiffner, Jesse Torkelson, and Rimby. It's still that, hey, you got no experience, come. come we'll show you the basic fundamentals, and um, honestly, we'll keep you as safe as we can, but in this bull ride, you can only be in sport of bull ride and bullfighting. Yeah. You can only be so safe, yeah. and hopefully you don't... Um, know get hurt or something too bad where you just quit the sport where so i still believe there's a huge um benefit to that because that's um yeah the way i learned but with the ultimate bullfighting experience we're like in talking with a friend of mine keenan vine oh i want to do like the brett monty bullfighting academy you know we're 
collaborating back and forth. How do we make this accessible? Because, you know, out of people, rodeo fans, not many people want to be a bullfighter, to be honest. <laughs> like, well, so, but a lot of people don't know where to start. Exactly. Yeah. Other people, people don't know where to start. But I'm like, how do we open this up for, hey, man, maybe I don't want to be a bullfighter, but I just want a cool experience. Yeah. So we started throwing around ideas, and all of a sudden we came up with the ultimate bullfighting experience, which has been honestly beyond ever my expectation yeah. how successful it would be. Which when it's really cool too because like you emphasize just as much what happens outside the arena, aside from just inside the arena, which I think is something that's changed from in the sport. Like I remember the first few bull riding schools I went to or junior or steer riding schools. It's it was more or less you learn shoot procedure, you get on. Mm -hmm. Whereas like there, it, there's more emphasis on what happens outside the arena because has a big impact on how successful or unsuccessful unsuccessful you are. Then tying that back into um, you know how do you get the Canadian finals rodeo? How do you get to these top rodeos? that people want to hire you is how you, like, a little bit what you do, you have to do a good job inside the arena, but it's how you carry yourself outside yeah. the arena is almost as Always. much very important. Always. Well, but and even, more. like, putting in the work, like, training, like, that's something that's, it's kind of been coming to the forefront of our sport in general over the past, let's say, five years. Like, you know, they had the the, the um, training camp earlier yeah. this year with the Pro Sports Medicine team. And, again, like, you, I know you, like, you've helped Connor Larivio about a, a bunch, and you guys are always, putting in the work like outside the arena making sure your body and your yeah. you're ready to you're prepared to be in that arena no no that's right um that, that's, even how much has that changed throughout your career too right well i still that's all i've ever known my my dad uh he, he got his dream place and through hard work and that's all i've ever known is hard work and uh, that's what i've implied to apply to my bullfighting is this every day or you know you throw kids and uh, all the other things on my on my schedule or plate that I have to deal with, but it's always been hard work that's got me where I am and in the arena just letting it all hang out and that's all that's all it really is. Plain hard work that never stops and we're not twittering or Instagram and every time you're doing a no. you know a, a workout to me like it's the work that people don't see you what matters that's, most. Yes, them yeah that builds the foundation of it right. Yeah. Um, so you and your wife Amy started the Raptor U7 Ranch. Um, kind of dive into that. Where did that come from and kind of what is some of the goals and some of the stuff you guys have gotten going on there? So in, um, it would have been 2005, 2004. Yeah, it would have been 2004. Uh, great family friends of ours. My dad ended up working for them like for 30 years, right? Um, we were around them all our life. They never had kids for whatever reason. And uh, Amy and I were living in a trailer on my dad's land and, you know, being bullfighters, we would have had our first child there. And uh, the gentleman, Dennis, he's like, Brett, come with, he's a ring man, very famous ring man at cattle sales, right? Mm -hmm. He's been every show, you could be, he's like, just come with me to, we were going to, where the heck was it, Innisfail, he was doing a sale there, then we ended up going to Rimby. So I jump in the vehicle with him. I was the driver, of course. <laughs> and uh, we do our thing, and we get to, finally we get to Rimby. It was a Stan Skeel sale. He's like, Brett, what do, what, about, what do you think about getting back into cattle? Which I always wanted to do, yeah, right? Yeah. I, I grew up around cows, become a journeyman carpenter in there, diploma egg business, whatever. No big deal. I always wanted to come back to cattle because I wanted my kid. I love cattle. I wanted my ki kids to be raised around cattle. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, one day I want to be, you know, cattle, but I don't know how we're going to do it. He's like, well, let's start. Let's buy uh, 10 uh, open heifers here, and let's get you back. We'll be partners. So we bought heifers at the Stan Skeel sale. Then all of a sudden, the next year comes around, same thing, bought another pen of 10. Then all of a sudden, our open heifers become bred heifers, and yeah. I start calving them at the trailer, and, you know, all of a sudden, our little cow herd starts growing. The next thing you know, we're like, Brett, like, where do you want to live? What do you want to do? I'm like... 
with uh, it was Dennis and Shelly Erickson and Amy and I. She's like, "What are your dreams?" I'm like, "We want a place where Amy can run her um, her business, which is uh, you know therapy with humans, but facilitate in support of animals too, right?" So we want an ar- indoor <coughs> riding arena. Uh, that's away from the house. You know, I, we need a special spot of land to so when people come, you know, it's, there's a feeling to it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, we're going to help you get that. I'm like, what is happening <laughs> here? So all of a sudden, we started looking. We seen a place in Bluffton that we almost ended up purchasing. Um, it was a, a hammer drop from you're going once, going twice, and we were on, and somebody else bid at the last second. Again, going back to things always work out the way they should. So whatever, we're looking at different ranches and um, we're just at Amy's mom and dad's, which is in between Cocker and Airdrie and uh, Calgary there. And I'm like, let's just go. We've seen this place on the internet. I'm like, let's just go for a drive. I had no directions to it. So we just got in the vehicle. Uh, Amy, uh, her sister, Nicole, and myself, we just started driving. Next thing you know, don't we you end up on the same range road, the range road 21 off of five, whatever, the Acme Highway. We just pulled up the road right away, and we seen the ranch. I'm like, this is definitely a place we need to go check out a little more. Mm-hmm. So we kind of drive in there, take a look at it, tell the Shelly and Dennis, like, I think this is the place that we can have a great start and great potential to grow. And next thing you know, 2015, we're moving in. And, uh, yeah, here, yeah, as, again, it's uh, mind-blowing to me how that all happened and uh, how amazing how there's people out there to help people get a start. Because, honestly, in farming – if you don't have people, how how do you buy a million dollar quarter and if make you, it if work? You're not, if you got to win the lottery, you got to inherit. Start if you want to start ranching, like as a young person to start a ranch these days, you either have again have to win the lottery or yep. inherit it. Like it's so hard to start from scratch these days. Yeah, you, you need a hand to get back into it, and uh, of course, my parents they're still helping us. But Shelly and Dennis is like, here's our opportunity to give back and get a young people back into farming sure. and ranching. So they helped us get a great start, and um, so we moved 2015. You know, I remember Amy's moving in, and I'm at Wainwright Rodeo when this is all <laughs> happening, right? So good luck, and she's pregnant at the time. And fun. What a, what a husband I am. Yeah. Then we just started growing the business, and uh, that place is uh, like that mental health feel, mm-hmm. all about mental health, and uh, just not with humans, but in uh, animals as well. And, you know, we've been doing a lot of things. Uh, then Angie Payne is another practitioner out of there that uh, take the same kind of schooling Amy did. And... Uh, yeah, all of a sudden she's out of there. She's practicing, seeing individual clients. Amy's seeing individual clients, and we just start working our way. Then we, like, say, start talking with Wacy. Yeah. We're terrible marketing. Marketing is not <laughs> our uh, our forte, so trying to align ourselves with people that know more than we do to get mm-hmm. let people know what we're up to about out there is just about, uh, about helping people. Mm-hmm. Which is really cool. Like, I, I went through a session with, with Angie and, and Amy, and it was it's such a cool way to do therapy like uh, like it's, it's something like a conversation that's been having more like traction in our industry given like the past few years but it's nice because it's kind of like you work your way through a session whereas like i've done through therapy where they kind of just talk at you and then they like give you stuff to like take away but yeah, you actually therapy, like yeah. you work your way through the whole process which is really it was a really neat way to like a delivery of that yeah well there's the like my wife of course is way smarter than i like that your body <laughs> keeps score right your body knows like you can do talk therapy and talk about things oh here's a set of skills yeah but the type of therapy they do is like, say, you're, you're working it through your body. I still don't know all the proper terminology, but, um, yeah, it's quite amazing. One of those things, like, what do you do? Well, it's one of those things that like, you have to come out and experience yeah. for yourself mm-hmm. to really get understand what we do out there. And, and like, I guess, like, Raptor U7 isn't just that, too. Like, you guys are trying to bridge that gap of 
um, the disconnect we see from urban and rural. Like you have your your you engage a lot with the stuff you do on the ranch, and you guys selling your beef, and then the UBF gets shown in there. Like there's so many more layers than just one thing that happens at the ranch. Oh, for sure. Because I'm like, we got this pretty special place, and if I can't share it with other people, like it doesn't mean much, right? So how do we like say get that urban uh, population more involved? Is like through social media, mm-hmm. and like say you could you know teach agriculture over the internet to whatever people but mm-hmm. it's nothing like coming to get a hands-on experience yeah. with cattle with horses and that's what we're working on doing how do we get more and more people out there to understand agriculture so maybe they they fall in love with it or just have a better understanding where where's your food come from yeah. mainly it's well it's a grocery store no, <laughs> no, no it comes no. from here no you come here and experience it and we uh put on a pretty exceptional experience for them to do that well it's, it's even the same with rodeo right like i have friends it's like they've never been to a bull riding or rodeo and they don't know anything about it. it's like, like come with me to an event like i'll show you a good time i'll show you i'll explain everything that's going on i i, I went to the uh my day job i went with the chairman of our board and one of the mayoral ca- mayoral candidates for the city of calgary and i just li- the only reason they brought me along was to explain what's happening in the rodeo like at the calgary stampede with them right and yep. it's just there's so much value in that if you can really like show them the why and the process of that kind of stuff like that's like that's going to help bridge that gap for us yeah. even and even just in agriculture too not just rodeo like there's so much value in that i think rodeo and and western events need to utilize the uh, accessibility of the athletes. Uh, I have a real cool experience from Vegas one year. I, I was down there at NFR. Uh, I had shot the perf. I had a buddy, super city slicker, was doing Vegas things, and I, I come back through, and we go down to the centrifuge bar at the at the MGM, and they're re-showing tie-down roping, and I'm explaining to him tie-down roping, how it works, how it works. Well, uh, a very well-built uh, black fellow walks up uh, and starts ordering drinks. Um, got a nice scar on his face, and I just do the, like, holy shit (laughs) holy shit holy shit so i just keep explaining to chris and all of a sudden these two drinks slide down from fred whitfield and i just do the like well thank you thank you have a good night boys turns around walks away and i turn to my buddy chris who i had total city slicker never been around already i'm explaining tight on open to him and i go that guy's got more gold buckles than many <laughs> people will ass, ever man. dream of and he just bought you a drink and i'm pretty sure it's because he just heard me explain and tie down or open to you that accessibility has to be utilized and you're doing it at yeah. the grassroots level mm-hmm. bringing people in and and showing them how this stuff works and that's where i think like say it's so important with this ultimate bullfighting experience is we can get the classrooms the the kids in urban mm-hmm. population to have a cool experience that they'll remember but and they're already them, coming. They're yeah, com- you know, and get them that. They're interested. On. and They want to be there. Yeah, and that, that's the that's the, I think that's the, the like the biggest miss on our part um, as a sport is people who aren't connected directly to like agriculture or rodeo. Like they don't they think it's like some exclusive club where you have to your dad had to be a, you have to be a third generation competitor to, so to compete. The other day though, uh, I was talking with Scott Schiffner and him and Torkelson, like Jesse Torkelson had a, a school in Rimby the other day. Yeah, and I was curious. I was like, I gotta ask because I had a. So I have uh, friends from a long time ago. I played hockey with this guy's brother, and he's got a kid now that's steer riding. He's eight years old. He's steer riding age. And he uh, called me one day out of the blue or texted me or emailed me or something, mm-hmm. like got hold of us through the school pages on the website. He's like, hey, I thought I got to take my kids to Texas to do this mini bull riding and everything. I'm like, hell no. Do it here, man. Wait till there's a school on again, because this was during the COVID. So mm-hmm. I was like, wait till there's a school on again. Shifting does schools. Torque does schools. Uh, the Johansson brothers do schools like you don't have to take that kid anywhere but here yeah, like, yeah. They'll, they'll we'll get them hooked up so six months to a year later they go to Schiffner and Torque school last week and he sent text me he's like hey I just wanted to let you know like we had an awesome time at the school yeah. thanks man we're like we look up to you guys like appreciate it a ton and like 
they live out of town in Drayton Valley, but never anybody I would have ever expected yeah. to go and end up being in the bull riding side of things. But but I asked Schiffner, I was like, hey, so what's the breakdown like? How many of these kids are people you know of or they're coming from somewhere you know? Like how many of them are people that are already involved in rodeo or how many of them are completely new? And he said it was probably 60-40 to the new side. There wow, were people that were good. not involved at all that mm-hmm. just wanted to go on rodeo. And I, I was totally impressed by, awesome. by that fact that if we maybe have some more steer riding schools, we might get some more kids involved. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's where like, stuff what you're doing is important. Like Aggie Days is huge, like getting people access to like urban people access to the event and seeing it in real life and like being like, hey, you can do this. Like you don't have to be like, and even like you see some guys now like Nick Tetz, like he doesn't come from a, yep. from a ranch. Yeah, that's player. a hockey, hockey player. player. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we're, we're seeing more and more guys coming up that ladder of yeah. non-traditional rodeo people. But I think we, we, can, we can, there's more we can definitely do to bridge that gap. Well, exactly. Like how do we gain that fan base and, you know, trying to give those experience for kids? Like I say, maybe they'll do nothing outside than going to the experience or, but you've made a new fan. Yeah, you made a new fan. Yeah. That's what it's got to be about. And I seen something about the Canadian Finals the other day about, um, you know, are people not going to come because of COVID restrictions and all mm-hmm. this? And But honestly, maybe you guys know better than me. What is the the age of the population at the Canadian Finals? It was like 65 It's plus. an older population, like, yeah, for sure, man. what are we doing as a sport to gain that fan base? I know the PBR is doing it because it's a totally different product, right? Yeah. It's adrenaline filled. It's quite a show. Where rodeo is more that old school, you know, let's just buck some horses and some bulls. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, you can see uh, the same rodeo at a $2,500 rodeo versus a 10000 It's almost yeah. the same product. Uh, but how do we gain those more fans? And I think that's How do you create a new fan? How do you create how new do fans? How do we create it to where I think this ultimate bullfighting is a yeah. huge thing? Yeah. To me, to me, that's one of the fundamental issues with rodeo is, like, there, there's no better sport in the world that's better at catering to their own fan base. And they, then without looking outside of that, like you look at the NHL, like they hired like the like one of the most popular TikTok guys yeah. to like promote the sport to that generation of people, and like other sports are adapting and finding new ways to bring new fans in. Whereas rodeo just keeps catering to their current fan base, which is aging. Yes, I, like like, we, like you just mentioned. So we need to find a way to welcome new people into the circle. And I think, like, say what. Um I'm not bragging about. I think this is a, a huge opportunity to get those fans because yeah. this package, this ultimate bullfighting experience, we could bring it anywhere. We could bring it on the road to you know arenas or sitting idle during the day if it's an evening perf or even bull rides. We could be doing these experiences, getting kids, urban population all through mm-hmm. there. Hey, maybe I got a better understanding now. I'm a fan of the sport. Yeah. Boom, it starts picking up from there. The thing that rings true with me is uh, during COVID, Keenan and I had a had a conversation, and and the the gist of the the point he was trying to make was that. A sport like ours, rodeo, bull riding, uh, western events, where it's at, it doesn't owe us anything. We owe everything to it. Mm-hmm. And you got to find the people that are looking at the future and looking at kind of giving back something to the people involved or to the and sport to, itself. To change the process, right? And, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And trying to apply professionalism, experience, mm-hmm. things like that. And, and not everybody does that, but, but Brett is definitely on the forefront of that, especially that We experience. commend you for it. Yeah, no, badass. good things. Through and through. Well, it's trying to do our part and uh, give back. So we've got probably just a couple more. Yeah, I got, I got two more things. Oh, I got one more thing, and then we can roll on. But yeah. uh, kind of we back don't want to cut into Brett's nap time. Back to the bull riding. Probably your <laughs> nap time, right? <laughs> no, he specifically <laughs> said. Oh, I'm good. I'm good with a good conversation here. Yeah, I'm good with it. At three and by you got to sleep in today. Yeah, so we got yeah, eight get o'clock. Out of here it was quick. good. Nice, that's a good sleep yeah. in. Um, so back to the bull side and fight side, bull fighting side of things. Holy, um, Jeez, where do you have any like? But what, what's left for goals? Like, what's what's what do you want to accomplish? Like, you've pretty oh. much you've accomplished everything. See, that's a that's one thing I've been pondering about. Right? What's my future in the sport? Yeah. Um, I accomplished everything I ever wanted to accomplish. I'm still trying to answer that, to be honest. Yeah. 
how can I leave this sport better than, uh, you know, a little better than when I gave it or when I came in? Um, you know, I think you're on that path now, though, like with your, I what think you're so doing, with what I'm doing and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And showing, you know, nice guys, you know, we, sometimes we don't finish last and we also run a different race sometimes, yeah. right? And the only thing I've ever had is who I am and um, work hard and be a good person. And, you know, trying to give that to other kids too, like just work hard, be a good human being. And if the stars align, hopefully you could be, you know, whatever goals you have. When whatever you do, just not bull riding. Like after bullfighting school, a kid might leave and do whatever else he wants to do, be a lawyer, but you put the work effort in, yes. you know, and you be a good person, good things will happen. That's, and that's, that's something like what we're so we're lucky to have, like so many people with that mindset in our in our sport, right? That's like who I am today is built so much around like the people that I've met and been around through rodeo and like the lessons that I've learned and the values that I've gained from like, it's, there's so much value in that no matter what you do. Like mm-hmm. I, I applied to my day job. I work downtown Calgary, right? Like all the, that stuff always stays the same. It's one yeah. constant in my life, which is if we can teach more people that, I think you're going to be, be better off too. Oh, for sure. Most fun traveling partner. Real quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, most yes. fun. Well, everybody, uh, there's a big Brett Gardner, um, you know, Randy, of course, when we first started, then, uh, then, you know, we always started traveling with Brett and he's my mainstay, man. Wherever we need to go, it's above uh, mm-hmm. four or five hours, man. Brett I'm jumping Brett? in with the Brett. We're going somewhere. Best because he knows the best food places, too? <laughs> no, best because he's not afraid to go to two ice cream places in one trip. <laughs> yeah, of course you could tell he's a bigger eater than I am. But Brett, is, he's a down-to-earth guy. He makes you a better person, mm-hmm. and um, I just love being around that kind of He's great. He's people. a great guy to be around. He's awesome. Wrap it up, boys. Bring it home. Okay, Brett, this has been awesome. Long overdue. It's been fun chatting with you, as we do. So one last question that we ask all of our guests. What is your definition of cowboy shit? That's a good question. You knew it was coming, right, man. You knew it was coming, dude. We ask every, <laughs> I, literally, I, I literally said it. We ask everybody. What's that? Just being... You might win a free sticker if you have a good answer. A free sticker? <laughs> <laughs> just being kind of... Uh, I'll probably ramble on and not answer the right question, but just being comfortable with the person who you are kind of thing. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know if that answers it. But everybody, everybody has... It's kind of one of those things that's developed over the years with the show. It's, it's more kind of what it means to each individual person it's more of an essence than like a hard definition of what it is right mm-hmm. which is really cool like it's kind of it's it, it's ever changing but it's more of just the, the essence of cowboy shit you know gotcha you do cowboy shit all the time man <laughs> all day every well, day well day. thanks for having me man no, it was it's awesome doing this yeah Brett. You're my hero, Brett. appreciate it you're my hero Brett. <laughs> <laughs> you're my hero we're looking for it well, so we can check out the rafter u7 ranch at rafter u7.com com. yep and then they're at Raft U7 on social media. You're at Brett Mania on social media. Yep, Brett Mania. You're welcome. Yeah, you're Be welcome. Money Be money time. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about marketing. Yeah, yeah. So they yeah find them anywhere there. Keep up, keep up to date with what's happening at the Raft U7. What's happening Amy's with Brett? Again. Amy's calling again. Oh, so we better Amy, wrap, we better yeah. wrap right. this up. Jeez. Thanks, Brett. Appreciate you doing this with okay. us. Okay. Thanks, you guys. All right. See you. I'll get tough when I get sad I'll tangle with the horns Like a Spaniard in the pit I'm here to play for blood boys And I'll be here till the end For I am the bravest bullfighter That ever dared to pen Yes, I am the bravest bullfighter
Thanks to Brett Manya for being on the show this week. We really appreciate it. As heck of an interview. I like that guy. He's good stuff. Big fan. So was it, was it Flint who gave him the Vigo Mortensen nickname? I think he Vigo. looks a lot like Vigo. Yeah, Mortensen. I think that's it's Flint. crazy. I think that's a Flint thing. Flint was a good nickname guy. He was I, a good nickname. I think Millhouse. <laughs> I think my my Millhouse nickname came from Flint. <laughs> One of my favorite ones is Where else Richard? Monty Dukes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Dukes. <laughs> that's a good one. What else is there? I think Scott Way is Slouchy the Clown. <laughs> slouchy. Yeah, Slouchy. Yeah, he was. I don't know what Scott Byrne is though. Uh, he might just be Scott Slouchy. <laughs> Slouchy the Clown. Scott oh, Way. That's funny. Uh Miss Flint. Look forward nice. to seeing that guy again somewhere yeah, someday. It'll be good. It'll be good. Um. Okay, what else we got going on? We got uh, just got back from the PBR Canadian Finals. Is that yeah. where we're at there? Yeah, Edmonton Rogers Place. Well, we didn't even talk CFR yet. Yeah, we did our first round of live shows together there. Yes, it was a yeah, good time. We, we didn't talk about that on the top half. So it was uh, thanks to all of our guests. We had Taylor Flewelling, Tell Flewelling, Tyrell Flewelling on the first day. Then we had J Rock, Jared yeah, Parsons, Jared Parsons, Tyler Kraft, and Tyler Thompson. Mm-hmm. The second day, I got to make an apology there as well going out on that one before we get going too far too but friday was look logan lakota logan and lakota bird and then jake vold and then saturday we had tana millard ryan shuckberg and a last minute replacement Bertina which was fun that was a great show yeah it was a lot of fun they're awesome but going back to oh and the buckle presentation i had a lot of fun with that too yeah you killed it man that was and really fun the cabaret stage you had a good time yeah it was it was a great, great saturday week. night was rowdy in there mm, very rowdy yeah but i gotta i gotta apologize because uh during the Last show we did with Tyler Thompson, I was making a couple of comments and asking about being a bigger guy as a pickup man, and then I made a comment about uh, I didn't know how wiry Tyler Kraft was, and I wasn't it wasn't a malicious comment, but it I and I don't know if Kraft's still fucking with me or if he was actually <laughs> mad. I can't really tell, but I wasn't it wasn't my intention to uh, belittle anyone on that side of things, and I apologize once again, and I don't. Are you in on this? Do you, is he I have no idea me? about this. I, don't I, never, I've, I never heard oh, anything really? about it. Yeah. Oh, so he texted me. That he, someone told me they gave you shit, but yeah, I never he, heard about so it. So Tyler texts me afterwards. He's like, well, I guess I might have to reconsider my sound man in Pollockville because Sean Morton has like seven pounds on you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, ah, uh, shit, what did I say? Because he said he listened to the show with Tyler. Yeah, like, yeah. What did I say? That sounds, so, that sounds like he's just It sounds like a joke. Yeah, he's just but I also feel bad because I called him and I couldn't. I still couldn't read him because he's a tough guy to read at times. He's pretty um, dry. So he might still be fucking with me. I, pre- I placed my money on that. But anyways, I'm still, I didn't mean to offend anybody <laughs> and I, I feel bad if Tyler is mad. So I'm sorry, Tyler. I don't know if you're listening or if anybody else around that is listening, but it wasn't my intention to mm. piss anybody off or like I said, belittle anybody. And both those guys did a fucking awesome job. Yeah, they're in they're slick, deer. man. They're super smooth. And turns out I totally was misjudging how big Tyler was because he's, he's a pretty both, tall guy. They're both the same size, and they're probably just they could probably it'd probably be quite the fight those two. Yeah, probably a big good one. The Tyler on Tyler d- ditch fight <laughs> would be quite the match. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like the animal <laughs> matchup fights. Yeah, Tyler versus Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, shit. If you're gonna pick an animal for each of those guys, what would it be? Oh shit! Tyler reminds me of like a silverback. Tyler. Thompson or like a silverback gorilla. Gorilla? Yeah. Extra mean. Extra mean. And then okay. you could say you could say Kraft's kinda of like a honey badger. <laughs> a bit more wiry. Doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> Doesn't give no shits. But then what about size though? Because honey badger's not big as a gorilla. It's not about the size of the dog in the fight, it's about the size of the to fight in the dog. That's fair. <laughs> Something like that. That could be interesting though, because that because the honey badger's got the claws, but the gorilla doesn't have the claws. You can really fuck some shit up with those Gorilla's claws. Much bigger. But but still. Anyways. I was going to say like chimpanzee versus gorilla because they'd both be like 
little crazy. Mm, I think a gorilla would, would, I think a gorilla would fuck up a chimpanzee. Well, what else is kind of similar? Or would it be like a bear? Would it be like a grizzly bear versus a gorilla? That could be an animal that could be, fight. That could be closer, yeah. That could it. be an animal fight. Or polar bear. A cougar. polar bear? A cougar? A, a cougar? big cougar versus a bear versus a, a gorilla. gorilla. Yeah. Godzilla yeah. versus King Kong. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, CFR was fun. CFR was fun. Sorry again to Tyler Craft. <coughs> One of my favorite oh, things. But if you're fucking with me, then this is ultimately pranked to, to me to apologize. And if you're still fucking with me. You just got punked, me. bitch. I just got punked. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, still, I feel, felt bad after. I'd never mean to offend anybody like that. That's, I'm sure it's all good. Okay. Moving what, on. Uh, what was your favorite moment for the CFR? Uh, probably when I was introducing the last band and I didn't have a script. And I forgot to put my in-ear monitor in. And then I was just screaming, please welcome to the stage, Dan Davidson. And then I got off because Keenan and Chloe and... Uh, Corb were all right there. Yeah. And Keenan was like pretty jacked up. And Corb was like, geez, man, I'm going to have to hire you as a hype man to do all my <laughs> intros for all my shows. I, yeah. that was I think fun. next year you got to work in a hung, yeah, on a Saturday night. <laughs> I think that would go over well. I got to work on my, I got to work on my, uh, huh, yeah. I got to work on my content for that. But we can do that in, uh, in Regina. Oh, we'll that's get them. Kind of we're going we to get Regina. them going. We're going to get them going. Yeah. Um, that's cool, man. I, I like that. I you really enjoyed job. doing the buckles with Doug Young, too. Any, work, any any capacity a person can work with Doug Young is a good time. I mm-hmm. love working with him. Big fan. He's one of my favorite people. What was your highlight? Mm, I think seeing Jared I, win the bull riding. That was well, cool. So that was like th- one time I was fired up during the whole rodeo. Yeah, was Jared three, was winning. Yeah, three things for me would have been our live shows together was really cool. It's it's cool to like add another layer to this little carnival. We, this little carnival we've got going on here. That mm-hmm. was super fun. Uh, it was cool to see the hard work put in by like you and Storm and when you had Darby on, she did a good job mm-hmm. for us. So it was cool to see that. It was also really nice to see some bunch of old friends that I hadn't seen in years. Like yeah, true, people eh? I rodeoed with for a long time, got to have some good visits and reconnect there. So that was really great. And then obviously I yeah, was seeing Jared win the, when Canada that was awesome. And I, I, we've, well, we've both known Jared for a long time now. Yeah. And he Happy has been, he's it. been knocking on the door and it's finally, it was good to see him get it done and, and do it with kind of an exclamation point, but being the only guy to ride. Five out of six. Yeah. It was pretty cool. So Just happy to see that. Stoke for old J-Rock. What else? PBR Canada Finals, I guess, is a week later. Yeah, that Richest was... Richest finals in PBR Canada history. Awesome, man. Roger's place was fucking bumping you guys on rocked Saturday it. night. I, Saturday night is the best PBR Canada event that I've been to ever. Really? Mm. Why? Because I Just feel like, like the energy, high-end energy, good, yeah. like beautiful building, and then the guy stepped up and rode a good amount of the bulls. That's fair. Uh, Dalen Swearingen, for those who don't know, wins the finals event. Four only man to go four for four. Finishes up with the a good that guy. Ninety one and a half on Happy Camper. Three he almost didn't have his year. gear bag in the first round. Yeah, yeah, they lost his shit That's for wild. a little while. But uh, and then Cody Covershot comes from behind. Dakota Butters injured, doesn't compete the last day. Uh, I think he could have, but he would have maybe got himself hurt worse. But still, couldn't get on the bull last day and loses it by twenty points. What do you Covershot. do? So what do you do in that scenario? If you're, so? Dakota, if you're Dakota, are you going to push the limit and try and get on that day, or what are you going to do? I don't know. For 20 points, like it, it meant like staying on one more bull the next day. He had to ride in round three to make the short round. But then again, too, Cody Coverchuk made it in by the skin of his teeth, so it just is like just how it worked how out. How she worked out. Well, even, 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 like, well, even if those guys who had rode two bulls stayed on. or stayed on, he would have got, got knocked out of the average. Chuck, right? yeah, like, yeah. It was 20 points. Yeah, one spot in the average would have changed it, right? Yeah, so. he would Yeah, he would have lost. Because, yeah, you know, if Tim would have rode his third bull, yeah, or like Kutowitz, other guys, yeah. Anybody else. So, Coverchuk riding that with a big score in the short yeah, round yeah. changed the game for him to finish third in the aggregate. Yeah. Um, so, he wins a 50,000 at the end of the year. What else? Cool. Swearingen wins the average. Butter's still... 
yeah, Butter still had a great season. He still yeah. did very well. You know, he's one of those guys who's going to be in contention for a title for the next yeah. few as years. As, as long be. as he wants to be. That's just it. So that's cool, man. The, uh, the what banquet else? was really great. Was yeah, the Posbon Foundation fundraiser. That's one of those moments again where you like getting people, to getting people together oh, yeah. and, like for a good it's cause and taking it to visit and have a good time. It was great. That's probably a highlight over those few weeks too. One of yeah. one of mine too at CFR was was doing the thing for Don Johansson. Oh yeah, yeah I really was, cool. was happy about nice that on, deal, the, hey? on the Tuesday night to uh, honor Don, and it was that was kind of one of the highlights of that night too to have uh, you know full standing ovation for the for for Don and for him to speak and. Uh, you know, to have Scott Schiffner yeah. there was outstanding for him to to help me do that to honor Don as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really cool. That was that was a great part of it as well. Thanks to the CPRA for letting me do that. Let me be a part of that, helping out. Um, yeah. Other than that, I guess it, great finals. It was unreal to be in Rogers. That was such that's a neat spot. It's so cool. Yeah. What a building. Yeah, and the, the the crew, everybody involved, from like the production to the FX guys to everything, like everyone oh, did yeah. such an outstanding job. So bravo to the PBR Canada team. And then uh, like a huge crowd, I think, too on Saturday. Oh, like, it was that's pretty that, full. Yeah, there. and like a, and a good crowd awesome. too, right? It's, it's one thing engaged. to have a it's one thing to have a big crowd that's whatever, but if you have a crowd that's in there and engaged and rocking out, like and that was from the beginning of the show to the very end, like oh, everybody yeah. was having a good time. So bravo to to. Uh, well, and then involved there. going back to uh, CFR too, pretty impressive for what Westerner Park did to pull that off in that awesome, kind of yeah. shape. I think it went. I think it went very well compared to. Better, I think it went better than the expect- expectations yeah. for sure. You know, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I yeah. And really I think well. that j- I think that just sets it up to be even better next year. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, they can keep so. building on it. It's only the third year they've had it, right? Like, yeah, they haven't really had. That and they're long. willing to make changes too, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's changed every year that since the beginning, yeah, right? So they're trying to make it work to make it better, make it more fun for people to be be at and and try new things, which is great. We need more of that in the industry for sure. So mm-hmm. pretty cool. And I guess the next thing coming up is NFR. We're working on a couple things as well. We'll have some more some more news details on. But uh, we better hit our sponsors one more time, and then we'll, we'll talk. Have one more thing before we get to the sponsors. Okay. Oh, we want to do that. We want to do sponsors then aggravation. This is about yeah, aggravation. Okay, do that. Do some sponsors. Okay, so first off, our friends at Manscaped get twenty percent off and free shipping with code HugeBush at Manscaped.com. That's right, twenty percent off from us to you. Free shipping. Manscaped.com. Use the code HugeBush. Don't get denied the pipe this season. <laughs> And shave your pants, pucks, with the right tools for the job. That's the lawnmower 4.0, the weed whacker 3.0, and yeah, use use it. Manscaped's deadly. If you if you bought one using the huge bush promo code, let us know. Tell us how yeah. it's working out for yeah, you. Give us your reviews. We'll Maybe let we'll you know. get you to call into the show next time and give us a review. We could do a call-in show. We've done it before. It's fun. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, our friends from Circle Four Beverage Company. They've been with us for a long time now. They got their ranch water and their sweet water products. You can find it in liquor stores all over Western Canada, I think, now. Um, if, you, if you're looking for it, you can ask. You can request it at your liquor store that you usually go to. Um, check them out at circle4beveragecompany.ca. Ranchwater.ca. Ranchwater.ca. Yep. Um, and, yeah. Check them out on social media, Circle at Circle 4 Ranch Water. Mm-hmm. They got some cool stuff happening. They got a new little commercial that's really cool. Um, yeah, thanks to Ranch Water. You guys are awesome. And one more thing. Aggravation, November 22nd, Agribition. 27th. Regina, Saskatchewan. Come see us. Our We're live coming. shows noon and 9 p.m. daily. We got Agribition live at noon and Cowboy Shit live at 9 p.m. Come and check us out. See the show. That's gonna be great. We're gonna have. Uh, I think we're gonna have an Agribition Bachelor edition on the uh, one of the last couple nights of the show. Could be. Uh, could get could r- be a good time. Rowdy. It's gonna. Things, time. I think it's gonna get like it's gonna go off the rails in a good way. Hopefully. The evening shows. Hopefully. Because we're gonna have to find out where the rowdies are. <laughs> 
What are you looking most forward to? What's your Should one? Should we get Denny there? Just and that was that's his one thing every night to ask. Where's the rowdies? We should be our hype. Moni. We be our hype guy. Yeah, that could be fun. Um, what are you looking most forward to for Canadian Western Agribition? Paralyzers. <laughs> Imagine how shitty we're gonna feel the Monday after Agribition. Ooh, yeah, extra shitty. It's a lot of dairy. And then we go right in back, right down to America, like a two day turnaround, and then bam, America. Fuck yeah! I'm glad. That, <laughs> I'm glad it's done on Saturday. <laughs> Sean is to exit the show. Sean got to play the Team America song. The That's America. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Coming to save the motherfucking day. day yeah. <laughs> America, <laughs> fuck yeah! <laughs> oh, fuck. oh dear, cool man. I'm looking off forward the, to it. This dude. is already off the rails. It's gonna be great. I'm look. It's good. Oh fuck! It's gonna be cool. I'm looking most forward to doing doing our thing out there because like yeah. like we know a lot of people out there. I grew mm-hmm. up. I grew up going to going to Agribition when even I was rodeoing and stuff. I, and I know it's going to be good when even Jared Parsonage is like, "Man, I'm pumped for your guys." Uh, yeah, and that's there. and yeah, he's, he said that to us. Jacked. Yeah, he's like, "That's going to be so much fun in the loading shit." I'm like, oh, "Fucking right." That's yeah, nice. so it's, it'll be good because like those guys know a lot of people there. Like oh, yeah. a lot of the contestants that are competing there grew up going to the CCA finals yeah, Agribition. You know, like even some of the Alberta guys went to like Riley Warren. Like those guys went to the CCA finals for a long time when it was there. So it's going to be a good time. A lot of people we know are going to be there. We're looking forward to doing our thing. It's going to be yeah. great. Thanks, Tiger Bishop, for having us. Not firing us yet before we get there. <laughs> looking forward to doing that. So uh, thanks again, Brett Monty, for being on here. You got anything else? Is I'm good. I'm good, man. What are you most looking forward to But Tiger Bishop? I just told you. You said paralyzers and being senior no, friends. No, I think it'd be good to have an, a good. I'm uh, excited to go see everybody and hang out with. And, the, and I'm pumped for the crew we have out, out there. The we're have a, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we and have Preston there too. Yeah, Preston and Gator's going to be there. Yeah, and like, Cass is across <coughs> the street too. She's yeah. there. Storm's going with us. Storm's coming. We got some funny ideas for some content throughout the day too that we're gonna try and do. So, yep. it's, I'm just looking for I'm just looking forward to the whole thing because it's gonna be fun to it's again keep adding another layer to what this little carnival Should circus we, get we got going on. on the show as, as a guest co-host for one of the days. Maybe from, from old from TC or will they allow that on the on the I daytime don't know. show? I don't know. We'll have to ask them. We will. That's a good one actually. It'd be fun to involve them. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be down with it. People like them. Yeah, it's true. I, he's from the area too, so he's he's got friends and family 100%. coming. His mom and dad are coming up one day, so. 100%. Yeah, it's going to be great, man. Okay. Anything else? No, man. I'm good. That's okay. good for me. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This has been one episode 104 of Cowboy Shit with Ted and Wasey. My name is Ted Stoven. He is Wasey Anderson. You can find us on the social medias. Social We're on most medias. of them. Pretty uh, near all of them. Wasey does our TikTok business. He does a very good job of this. Thank you. He's very entertaining. Thank you. Uh, what else? Storm Defoe, graphic, um, social media, uh, website. She's like an entrepreneur e-commerce, within the company. E-commerce. Uh, she's our Wrangler. She's our COO, CMO. CCO. Chief, Chief creative officer. She's got all those. She's our handler. Ha- yeah, hand- yeah, Wrangler. She's talent wrangler. wrangler. She's a talent wrangler. Wiener Wrangler. Wiener. <laughs> <laughs> That's for the dogs. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> Wiener Dog Rancher. <laughs> What else? Sean Morton, thanks is for being our editor. Thanks for being my audio guy in Edmonton. Yeah, we love you, Sean. Thanks again for Brett awesome. Mania. Thanks, Sammy, for letting us have him on the show. Yeah. Thanks to our sponsors. We love you guys. It's awesome. Yeah. We're, we could not do any of this stuff without everybody involved. So yeah. <coughs> it's okay. pretty cool. We'll see you all in Agribition. America. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Freedom is the only way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah.